time has come. The time is now. The CBS Sports Boxeo Pod is back, and it's back with a bang, folks. Oh, yeah. Just try it. Bang. 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 We are fired up. The fields have been touched. The syringes have been filled. The injection is near with another lethal dose of that performance-enhancing audio on such a massively big week for the sport of box. Folks, this is how it's going to be. BC getting on a jet plane Tuesday, bound for the City of Angels, bound for your boy Rafe Boogs, and bound to cover the pay-per-view boxing spectacular. That is Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Two unbeatens, two giant heavyweights, two champions. I will be there. I am fired the heck up. There is no chance at all that I will jack on this one. I'll never fuck. I won't jack. I'll be there till I can't Not only will we preview the fight in painstaking detail this week, which of course airs on Showtime pay-per-view we will have an exclusive chat with the WBC champion himself, the master of the... Speaker, believe, receive Speaker, believe, receive Speaker, believe, receive Deontay... Let me tell you, all that oh, stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. All that stuff. Deontay Wilder, the damn bronze bomber. FIFA, fum, fum. I'm the man with the right-hand bomb. Tyson Fury. Oh, well, where? Oh, where can he be? Well, he's the next man that I want to see. Oh, wow. Wow, that was awful. But we will see them at the Staples Center on Saturday. Wow, guys, I am so damn feel. It's a hard on day for me today. Absolutely, Eddie. We got that. We got all the recaps, rewinds, previews, do you cares, all that. Hey, we're going to preview this Thunder from Down Under Australian Super Bowl between Jeff Horn and Anthony Mundine. But first, let me bring in that heavyweight co-host the man who loves soda and writing books about fathers and love he's drinking soda right now he's a national internationally renowned author filipino television icon and if you're lucky ladies you're personal kenny licka let me lick you down tyson fury lick them all around he never Never ever jacks. Don't you jack. Rafe Bugs, are you game or are you a jacker? I'll never jack. I'll never jack. I'll be here to my last breath. Rafe, it's that time. Bro, your city, your backyard, all right? No, 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 no. We know where my city is. We know what city I am living for, the city in. It is only New York City. I happen to reside in Los Angeles, and I'm very excited to see you. But do not put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Wow, wow. Getting territorial here, getting regional. But, Rafe, it happens in your damn backyard. I just established how obnoxiously feel I am. Do you, brother? feel the same way i mean these are unbeaten heavyweight champions who could talk and are giant and have contrasting styles this fight matters that's right brian it does am i am i blowing l's already oh, like you are on. no I mean, all right seriously. you don't need to put me on watch yet oh. you just don't what's that are you tr- i can't even hear what are you doing there yeah you might 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 have just just a, just a little just a little bit you know so he's and now 
he's getting homo. Wow, wow, wow. Let me, let me, let me, let me pour a little water on your balls here, Brian, because look, it could be a very boring fight. We know that. Oh, if Tyson Fury wants it to New be York a very boring fight, to you, me. you right. know this is true. You know it. And you, as a Tyson Fury lover, kind of want that to happen too. I know it. You don't have to admit it, but I know it. I know it. And we all know it, but it's fine. And, so there's that issue. And the other thing is you, uh, the extreme cynics among us can still look at this and be like, well, really? Deontay Wilder still only has one meaningful win out of 40, and it was against Luis Ortiz. And you can even be a cynic about that because oh. we all know Luis Ortiz took a dive. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry, Charles. Uh-huh. No. But we all know that he was a bit on the old far side of the What are you spectrum. doing right now? Why are you and ruining this? You can also you can also say that this guy Tyson Fury is just back for a payday. He good for him. He lost some money. And he he lost some weight to make some money and that's what he's here for and he had a couple of ridiculous tune-ups and now he's cashing out. You could say all those things. So that's all the water I'm going to pour on it. Wow. My true feelings, Brian, my true feelings. I am fired up. I'm no, you're not. You just this. shot all you shot Negatives I'm, all over there, I'm bro. I'm hedging it. I'm hedging it. I'm trying. I'm holding my look. I'm. This is this. I am practicing something that you need to learn called load management because oh. I need. To, I'm trying to hold it in. I'm trying to. You know. I like to. I like to do it nice and slow. You know what I mean, Brian? Make love to the fight. Uh, I don't need to have it why? all right what? now. We have till Saturday before everyone's gonna be in there. The crowd's gonna be wild in Staples Center. It's gonna be a great heavyweight fight audience i think i mean this is something we don't really get to see very often i don't think i've ever seen it live in a boxing ring a big meaningful you won't see it you just hexed it i I don't want to come back down from this cloud and you're like hold on you know how this is gonna fail you don't get too excited no i'm fired the heck up i'm ready this is a big deal this reminds me of what those feels used to feel like and what i mean rafe is I was born in 78. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I didn't live through the Ali Frazier era, right? But I, Foreman, Norton, but I lived through the, the hangover of that when people talked about how things used to be. And I certainly lived through the 90s, which was epic. I was there watching the pay-per-views through the squiggly lines, taping the nickel down to the power button on the black cable box to try to steal a little bit of that spice channel, if you know what I mean. But also to try to watch Holyfield Foreman, Holyfield Bow 1 and 2. Like, I was there. It mattered to me. You'd turn on SportsCenter after those fights would be over. You know what you'd get? Al Bernstein and Charlie Steiner for like 45 minutes breaking down the fight. Those were the days that the heavyweights mattered. Long before your boy. You think I'm Klitschko. This ain't Klitschko. This ain't Klitschko anymore. That era's over where even HBO stopped doing Klitschko fights for a short period. You remember that? You remember that network? Remember that truck? Even they stopped eventually. This feels real again. The renaissance is here. Rafe, when was the first heavyweight fight that you really cared about? What was the first one that really gave you them feels as a fan? Don't tell me it was like uh, 2006, Shannon Briggs, uh, Sergey Lyakovich. What was the first fight that the build, you were like, man, these are heavyweights. This matters. I don't know about the build because the first fights, I, there were great heavyweight fights that I remember watching as a kid, like like 
Holyfield Foreman. I don't know if it's a great fight, but I mean that, that seventh was a round, I was still like fired up during that. I was like, damn "Holy good. crap! This old man, what is he doing?" Oh my uh, god! Yeah, I, I, little little seven year old Rafe, or whatever, however old I would have been, doing my own little Emmanuel Stewart, being like, "Oh no, God! Oh, oh hell, oh, the no. left, the left, um, <laughs> to the body, son." Uh, yeah, there, there were, and, and I really vividly remember those fights. The other, probably my, one of my favorite boxing memories, and which, which explains a lot, the formative moment that really made me understand how special and different this sport is, has to be Galata and Bo. Yes. And, and the brawl afterwards, Lou Duva being carted off in the middle of the riot, uh, and, and, Thinking there, watching, because that happened in New York, watching in our place in New York with my pops late at night. I think I had basketball games that day, and I was super tired, and all of a sudden, this riot pops off, and I'm losing my mind in my living room, and we're both laughing our asses off when Lampley is like, Lou Duva is down! Lou Duva is down! Oh my god, Lou Duva is down! <laughs> and then we we still like, just say that to each other My daughter's down there. <laughs> yeah. I am one man. I have bigger huevos. Man, Galata found the huevos that night. Yes, I can relate to those feels, those moments. I remember the build to Tyson Spinks. That was that fight was on a Monday night, if you can remember that on pay per view. But that build was enormous. It was insane. No, Fury and Wilder are not Ali and Frazier, Tyson and Spinks, Ho and Bo and Holyfield, but they are who we have right now to get us out of that Klitschko era, and they're damn fun. Hey, this build has been a fun ride. We're going to talk to Deontay today. We're going to break all this crap down. I will be there. I'm fired up. Hey, I'll, I'll be on some of the, uh, some of the get fired up fans. You like BC? You like Showtime Boxing? Check me out this week on a few, uh, you know, weigh-in shows, uh, press conference previews, all that good stuff. I'm going to be on the airwaves spouting. The truth, the gospel, that is Fury Wilder, even though folks like Rafe and Eric Raskin want to remind us that the fight will be boring for 75% of it until Fury gets knocked out. Whoa, I didn't say that. You guys did, all right? This is going to be some kind of fight, some kind of cracker. I'm ready. Are you a jacka? I'm ready for the cracker. All right, Rafe, we were off for a week, which really makes people upset. Really. And we got some things to recap, all right? Anything else? Before we get into it, you got anything else going on in your personal life? Any other? Did you read another book lately? Anything else? I'm trying. I'm trying. It takes a, it takes a little more than a month, and I don't even have a contract right now. But I'm enjoying the ride. Uh, but we'll, no, I'm just doing some work, and we'll, we'll see. I'll get there eventually. I'm starting to get those juices. The juices are starting to come out. They're about, I'm about to let it out, let them out the cage. Wow. You know, the little the little man inside me, the little writer inside me, he listens to me very well. And <laughs> maybe one more round, one more round, I'm come out and put the whole literary world to sleep. Tell me something. Who, who, the voice inside you ain't fought anybody better than Chris Algieri, right? Name one fighter better than Chris Algieri he fought. Okay, one name, name one, name one. They're just jacking it from everywhere. Yes, yes, Skip. Wow. That's all, that's all we do on this show. All right, uh, let's get into a very brief weekend recap, because this was not a weekend that mattered, Rafe. But we saw the second to last HBO show in AC. The same site, by the way. Where my guy and your guy Darren Barker had no business getting up off the canvas Bro, to be no washed heel. Absolutely no, no business. And it was Dimitri Bivol taking a 12 round decision and a title defense at 175 against the husk of Jean Pascal. Your thoughts? I, they, what? Who cares, man? I, they, I, I'm I'm grateful that Jean Pascal made it through this fight without seemingly taking any 
really, really terrible, life-changing damage. This was a bad matchup. Jean-Pascal really shouldn't be fighting at this level anymore. If you, the, the, the circus fights with hockey, hockey players and, and rugby guys and whatever else he's got going on up there in Canada, that's all fine with me. This was, this was ugly matchmaking. It could have gone really bad. I'm glad that it didn't. Bivol looked again, just like, see, Bivol, I, what do you make of him, Brian? He looks very, very skilled, very smart in the ring. He doesn't, he's, he's getting less exciting or not exciting. Not, not like his style is less exciting, but he's showing, he's not, he's not getting me fired up anymore. Well, he's not, I'm gonna not go, looking at this guy. I'm like, oh my God. Watch out. Put 175 on notice. I think he's too well skilled as an amateur to have to go for the knockout. He'll knock you out if you come after him, if you get reckless, but he's one of those guys that if you don't, you're going to do the Teddy Atlas silent contract. And Jean Pascal had the silent contract that said, look, I'm not going to cross this line. Don't knock me out. Let me retain my pride in my brain cells. I'm going to go the distance with you. And B-Ball seems to be okay with that. So even though I liked him on our show the last episode we did, I thought he was a little bit funny there underneath that strong military Russian facade there. But, uh yeah, you're right. He's not overly exciting unless you make him be but i do think he's a player there i like the roy jones connection right now i like that i got to see more rapping in the locker room though speaking of jean pascal right i got to see more of that to get really excited but yeah in general i think we've got to go to angel on this one i don't care about his life i don't care about his people i don't care about his family i don't care about them uh also this saturday rafe uh into zone I almost got into zone for this one but it didn't happen oh, it was man. a monte carlo boxing bonanza and it was Dennis Rubadub Lebedev outpointing fellow cruiserweight Mike Wilson in a boring ass fight, which in which your guy afterwards said, "I want Usyk." Your thoughts? Uh, I watched a little bit of this fight. I uh, my favorite thing about it is that Mike Wilson. You know what this man's nickname is? No. White delight. Oh, that is badass. That is fantastic. He had it on his trunks across his ass. White oh, delight. Wow. Uh, it was, and then like within minutes, he's just bleeding all over the place. Uh, it was not Wait, a bleeding very out of where? Fight. Bleeding out. What? Oh God. Oh, oh man. Oh, uh, out, out of the, out of the face hole. No, no, okay. No, Let's no, just no, leave no, it at no, that. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, Rubber Dub didn't look great. He, he looked, he, he looked his age. He looked a little slow. He had some trouble with the white delight early on. With Why the couldn't jab, he bang? Uh, Why can't he bang? We, we uh, bang him a little bit. I mean, we're not banging him. <laughs> and I, and so I don't think uh, calling out Usyk good for him. Usyk is I it, by all accounts leaving this division behind. That makes sense. He has he literally has nothing left to prove at cruiserweight, and has some great opportunities and financially and legacy wise at heavyweight. Get out of there. Uh, uh, Sasha Alexander Usyk, don't don't leave these bums like Rub a Dub behind. They'll make fun cruiserweight fights, and 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 that's just not going to happen. Rub a Dub, uh, he'll keep getting fights as long as he wants because he's got big time Russian backing, and he always comes into the ring looking like Guile from like a Street Fighter <laughs> sequel with the weird Russian paratrooper outfit. Uh, but he, uh, he doesn't. He looks like he's a, visibly a step slower than he was back in the glory days of getting beaten into submission by juiced up Guillermo yes, Jones. Yes, great fight. Big, big stake. Bl- bloody or no bloody? Bloody. Bloody. Uh, hey, no uh, blood. two weeks ago in the zone. Speaking of Mulvane, Kansas. Oh wait, nobody was. Uh, we saw 
Brandon Bam Bam Rios. I don't want to talk about fat Big Baby Miller. He fights every month at this point. We're not going to talk about him until he finally fights Joshua, right? I don't care that he fought, that he beat up Bogdan uh, Petrovich or whatever the guy's name was. I don't know. Vladi Divac. I don't know who he fought. I don't care. I don't care about his life. I don't care about his people. But Bam Bam Rios, um, I don't know what to say about this. A TKO9 over one of uh, Canelio's uh, bootleg brothers. And, you know. I love me some Saul Canelo Alvarez. And I can agree. I think even you as a Canelo hater can agree. But I don't love me some Ramon Alvarez. Did you watch this slop? Absolutely. I, and I watched it. I was watching it side by side with my lady friend. Oh, she hey. was getting into the fight. It was a, it was oh, a wow. vintage. It was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing gets the ladies. Nothing <laughs> gets the ladies excited. Little little foreplay like little like a Brandon yeah. Rios fight. Mm. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. Come on. Come on. Wow. Wow. Um, and she she came up with a great line. She's like, wow, this guy this it's about Ramon Alvarez. Wow. This guy is like the. <laughs> the, the Mexican Jason Statham, uh, which I thought was a very good observation. Wow. He's got the crazy, like really hard lines on his dark beard, which looks like he's got some shoe polish in it. Um, he does his own stunts. Yeah, it was, it was, it was vintage. This, this was vintage Rios uh, at a low level, which is right at the level where he needs to be at. Uh, this was fun. Rigoberto, you are next, my friend. That's what he should have yeah. done after. Good. Yeah. Take out all of the, look, take out all the Canelo brothers and then. If, if it leads to him having to make a ton of money and get his ass kicked by the real Canelo, oh, no, good no, for him. No, no, I mean, no, 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 look, no, 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 no. look, look, you wouldn't want to see him make like, like 15 million. He's going to, the whatever brain damage, uh, we shouldn't go there. Don't, uh, don't do it. Don't do it. Anyway, let me not get too excited, but it was, it was fun to watch Rios get to be Brandon Rios again. We haven't seen him look even remotely himself. Real, in in many of his recent fights, and this was classic where he looked terrible the first round, and he's sort of lurching around the ring, and then all of a sudden, like the rust came off, and you could see the fight was taking place on in in Ramon in Brandon Rios's real estate. It was he was he had Alvarez fighting off the ropes, and yeah, Alvarez was landing clean, but it was it was a Rios fight, and you knew that eventually it was going to catch up. And, and Alvarez wasn't going to be able to fight at that pace and take that punishment like Rios did. And it played out a, a, like perfectly according to plan. So you know what that means? Alvarado Rios 4. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're, I think or, you're or, right. You know what, no, we, we, the other thing, who, 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 the guy who recently beat uh, Ramon Alvarez in less exciting, uh, spectacular fashion – Antonio Margarito. I mean, yeah. We, we, let's just do the let's just do the reality show. Let's do the Contender Watch series. These are these are the guys that are ready for that. Not just that, but you know, former boys who got in trouble for antagonizing, for making, yes. for really making despicable fun of Freddie Roach before Pacquiao Margarito. Uh, these guys, Rios and Margarito, now fighting for what's left of of the husks of their careers. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I'm just still can't get over that you would subject your lady friend to. Uh, to, I mean, not boxing in general, but that you would go that down the food chain with her. I mean, maybe you guys weren't watching. Maybe it was like, you know, the time I rented uh, Schindler's List in high school for a date and didn't watch the movie at all. Brian, Brian, this is this is this was good show. This was drama show. This you if you turn on this fight, you'll watch it. It was a fun fight. Right. If your women can handle that, I'm fine with that. The gloves oh, yeah. of, uh, that I use in clitoris is, uh, you know. <laughs> Did you I use like those gloves, gloves at all during that? All right, we got to get out of it. Oh yeah, that's it. my glove, Brian. I always use that. All right, uh, we saw. Uh, we got more hooker headlines on boxing scene because 
we joke about Maurice Hooker, but he's kind of starting to put some wins together, and he's a player at 140. He just stopped Alex Saucedo, Cholo, the sauce. The sauce was not the boss. This was a Friday night ESPN card, and uh, it's pretty pretty damn fun fight because Saucedo of Mark Wahlberg and Peter Berg fame uh, came out there and was like, Not you, not you. And apparently not you too, Saucedo, because you got served. There was Hooker was taking money and taking souls, Rafe. We don't usually see that from hookers. <laughs> Only when they're in the bed in, in the hotel room with uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, <clears throat> Brian, it was a fun fight back and forth. Saucedo is very, like, he makes fun fights because he just comes forward and throws punches and takes and eats punches and he lost because Hooker was just faster in and landing really man the way that Hooker throws those little those, those those short chopping rights he varies the he can throw them at different distance he can throw them at different angles that was really nice and he was landing he could not miss with that and not surprising that it eventually caught up with Saucedo um the the one thing you, how much was Hooker hitting after the bell, I mean that was that 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 hooker was not playing fair in there at certain points of time. At certain, <laughs> you mess with a hooker like that, you'll end up in a bathtub missing an organ, right? I mean that's the kind of thing. Like, I mean, are you a believer despite hitting after the bell that Maurice Hooker is a player at 140 against the likes of Rougarou, against the likes of Josh Taylor, against the likes of uh, anybody else who could beat a plasterer? No, I think that I think he's a good opponent for them. I don't I don't he, nothing I saw there makes me think yet that he is better than them. And we saw the hook, Hooker they have a recent common opponent, right? Maurice Hooker and 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 Rougarou both fought Terry Flanagan and beat him. Patty and Flanagan. Rougarou <laughs> really outclassed him, really put on a show against Flanagan, uh, whereas Hooker had to sort of gut out a, a really really good tough road win. Uh so I think that he is deserving of one of the four belts. I think he's top five probably in that division. But we see the people outside of the tournament are not are, are kind of in the, the Lucian Boutte bracket. I mean, that's the truth, man. These are the guys who are still going to be around to be fed to the the Carl Frotches and Andre Wards of this Super Six analogy. You know, that when when Ivan Baranchik and Josh Taylor and and Rougarou come out of this tournament in whatever order. I still think they're the top three in this division and that the Jose Ramirez's and the Saucedo's and the Hookers are the guys who are just a tier below them. But a guy like Ramirez, though, will fight his balls off to try to get himself to that top tier. That'll be fun. We're going to be we're gonna they're going to be fun. they're really good. I mean, it's a, if, if they stay at 140 for a while, it's going to be a fun couple yeah. of years there while we're meanwhile watching all these guys at 147 posture and avoid each other. So oh, enjoy wow. junior welterweight. No, you're, you're damn right on that. Uh, speaking of hooker, it, uh, you know, our guy Richie Swiss, do you think he touches H's? <laughs> I, 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 he, he is involved in boxing. Oh, wow. Let me tell you, don't you tinkle with the finkles. I think he tinkles with those finkles. I think, I th bro, you ain't even touching H's yet. You guy's on the road a lot. He's he's a sophisticated businessman. By the way, he was supposed to come back to boxing as this, like, villainous return and really make, you know, waves. He really ring star and not getting a TV deal for the WBSS cruiserweights. He's kind of he's kind of touching L's right now. Like, can we can we come out and say that now? I mean, or, or we is it too soon? I mean, where where are you on on our guy? Let me say first something. Say first something on him. Say first uh, something. 
I don't know. What are we supposed to expect from Richard Schaefer? I know he got credit for being sort of the brains of Golden Boy for several years when Oscar perhaps was less engaged than he is currently in the business side of things. And and obviously Schaefer seems to have pulled some tricky dick deals behind the scenes on on Oscar in cahoots with uh, the one and the, the goat Al Heyman. But who cares? I, I'm about the fighters, man. I'm about the fights. I'm not about these suits trying to milk everybody. I'm about the fights. But this is what I got for Oscar. I got fish, scale. Hit me up on the low, Oscar on the deep. Did you happen to, I know this is a boxing show, but speaking of Oscar, a boxing player in this game, did you hit him up on the D over the past week when he was promoting this sloppy of all sloppy Super Bowls? 48-year-old Chuck Liddell in a trilogy bout against 43-year-old Tito Ortiz on Saturday at the Forum in Inglewood. Um, did you happen to see not just the fact that Oscar didn't show up at the weigh-in, was at the fight but was barely present, didn't go in the cage until the very end afterwards. And uh did you see his final press conference performance that was like 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 fish scales? It was really sketchy. He was rubbing his hands together a lot, he was really cold, he couldn't remember the names of any of the fighters. Uh, did you catch this? Because boxing people were having a field day. The James Bag Juniors of the world were loving it. Yeah, of course. That is what I caught. I caught the Twitter re- reactions and little and little quotes and pictures and videos and gifts. And it it didn't look good. But let's I don't want to assume anything. But let's uh, let's hope for the best. Well, we have to establish one thing before we move forward. UFC are a bunch of skinhead white guys watching people in the ring who are also look like skinhead white guys. But luckily this wasn't UFC, this was Golden Boy MMA. Did you, you so you didn't see Tito Ortiz's like Suge Knight like promo he cut afterwards of all you fighters out there, you should be coming to Golden Boy MMA. We'll, we'll we'll pay you, we'll do all these things. I mean, this was a train wreck of a fight. You know me, I like it extra sloppy. Everyone remembers that Bellator Kimbo Slice Dada 5000 fight where it was like the stipulation was first guy's heart to stop loses. This I lo- I mean I get down for that. This actually was too far, Rafe. It's like, it's like if you're gross enough to be in a hotel room and you go down those channels and then you buy one that's just too far for you. Like, I just like, I, that's just not where I was supposed to go. I don't think, do people actually buy that? I don't think people do that though, but, uh. It's pretty hard to imagine anyone does anymore, yeah. but they, they keep it on there just in case. But like, it was that gross. Chuck Liddell couldn't even stand to throw punches. He was just falling over while trying to throw, it was just bad. You didn't see the fight, did you? You don't care. I only saw the knockout, and then I saw the, the really horrifying video of Tito Ortiz uh, uh, sort of celebrating afterwards, and he just looked so weird, man, with the like the weird fake muscles, and his nipples were somehow below his pecs. Yeah, yeah, he had really the, disgusting. Did you oh. see those guys' balls? He was they were weird. Yeah, that was that was a that was a weird uh, moment. All right, let's get out of that because that's gross. Let's get on to uh, some some news that we've. Uh, Missed over the last couple of weeks. So Manny Pacquiao, Adrian Broner is official. It is Showtime pay-per-view. It is January 19th. They had a press tour. Stop in L.A., stop in New York. Uh What were your takeaways? Because A.B., it was like comedy hour. He was saying that all Manny is good at anymore is uh being a senator, selling whiskey, and planking. Referencing, of course, the one shot from Juan Manuel. Did you Did those press tour dates get you any more fired up about what this fight could be? No, no, I, I, I'm, it's a terrible match. It, it, it's a good matchup. I, I, I like the fight, but as a press conference, it just doesn't really, I don't like the vibe because you know, you're not going to get anything out of Manny. I mean, he's so checked out at press events now. He spends the entire time on his phone doing, I don't know yeah, what. They got to take their phone from him. 
senatorial business or just playing video games. I don't know what the heck he's doing. Scrolling through Instagram. He's on his Finsta. He's, he's hitting people up on the DMs. He's sliding on What's Ryan your Garcia. Fo- phone video game of choice? Mine like, or his? Yours. Like if you have to kill time at an airport, what's the one video game on your phone you're going to? Because everybody's well, got one. I, I'm a snake guy, but I don't have my, 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 my T9 phone anymore. What are you on? A T182 calculator? What are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> well, unfortunately, I have a smartphone now and I can't play snake on it. Oh, all right. All right. I'm sorry. I'm a big subway surfer nerd. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, you know, I F with that. Hey, back to Manny. Yes. Um, so Manny is so checked out. Broner is going through the bad comedy routine where he's sort of offending everyone on the planet. He's debates anyone can get it. Uh, <laughs> and it's hard to, t- and you can't, Broner doesn't have credibility anymore. He, we, everyone know, you know what you're going to get out of Adrian Broner Bro, he now. He fought Vargas to a draw, man. He fought with balls that night though. He did. He so did what? You fought Vargas to a draw. Exactly. So did, so did Khabib Alakverdiev, except he didn't get the, didn't get the draw. I mean, so what? How many, and of course, now we all know that Broner only managed to beat Alakverdiev back in the day via several, several hundreds of G-jabs, but, uh, the, <laughs> still, still, Brian, it, it's just not that exciting to me. I, uh, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not getting that. The build is not doing anything for me. I don't, that I don't care about. I am looking forward to the fight. I think it's a good style match. It's a good, it's a, it's a good. Match. Yeah, I mean, because the one thing Broner still can do is counter. He's, he's got very good timing and he throws five meaningful punches per round, but, he, he may land them, and we don't know how that's going to play out with Manny. Yeah, and he talked a lot about Manny having been knocked out before, that he sees himself landing that big kind of counter shot to catch Manny coming in and finishing him. I love the fight. I, I hope they let just let AB be off the rails for the rest of the build. I hope they do an all-access. I hope it's just the AB show, because this is probably the last time you can prop him up to this level unless he ends up facing Floyd one day, which I still think is going to happen. I still think Broner and Floyd will be a pay-per-view at some point. I really do. Anyway, uh, we got Keanu Reeves's the actor's comments on this fight. Danny, good luck in the fight. You are amazing. You are awesome. Thank you so much. Wow. All right. That was interesting. We got Al Bundy as well. Uh, the Russian, I think, is is more to my liking. Oh, God. Okay. This guy's, this guy's now- the worst. Uh, so, yeah, I like this fight. But what I don't like is the reports coming out of guys like Mike Coppinger, cop, cop till you drop, that uh, PBC's long-term plans, Rafe, it might not just be what we think it is, which is give Manny a nice pay-per-view comeback win here and then do the Floyd rematch, and you can do with that what you will. Whether you like it or not, you'll buy it. It'll do decent money, whatever. No, they're imagining Manny beating Broner and getting Spence in late 2019. You are setting this man up to die, Rafe. I don't like that at all, Rafe. I don't want anything to do with that. That's not why I signed up. For Manny and PBC. I don't want him because they asked people the thoughts on what, what Spence Mikey might look like. You know, your guy Jeff Mayweather went around the gym and this is one that we heard. Errol Spence by murder. Errol's too big, too strong. I mean, Errol Spence by murder against Pac times two. We don't want that. Is that, is Al Heyman doesn't care about this guy? He's just a pawn to him? Absolutely. It'll be very interesting to see how that power struggle plays out because you can you, you can sort of see on the Pacquiao side, they're thinking, yeah, we'll do this Broner fight and then it leads into the big money with Floyd. I'm sure on some level, Heyman is thinking, well, maybe if the Floyd, th- if we got to do the Floyd thing, we'll all make money. It'll be fine. But really, 
there's a there's some chance that just by doing business with Manny, he will want money, he will want to fight, he will want to get in the ring again, and we will be able to use his name against one of these guys like Spence, who we really want to make a star. It's smart business. It's very cynical. It's sad because it probably will not end well for Manny. Uh, Should have just stayed with Bob and, and and let Crawford take your soul then. I mean, well, right? but see, see. Manny doesn't, Manny is his own man. He doesn't actually need to, it's not like Heyman can be like, is gonna tell him, you bet you have to get in the ring. It's just Dude, Heyman Al is Heyman positioning himself. Done, bro. They're positioning him, they're Heyman positioning the themselves. What's that? Al Heyman the goat. He gets oh, things well, he, done. Yeah. He's got it, he's basically, basically just putting themselves in position. If that, if the, the stars align for that, that kind of opportunistic, uh, sacrificial ritual no. to, to occur, they're going to be there to reap the benefits, which I hope it doesn't happen. And I think Manny is, I don't know. I don't know if Manny, Manny, that's, he's still, he's still, that's the one part of Manny that's still alive. He will, I mean, lots of parts of him are still alive, but the thing that hasn't never really changed, he will still fight anyone. He doesn't really, he's just sort of like, yeah, I like to fight. Let's fight. Uh, and, and that's getting dangerous as he gets very old in this game. <sighs> I don't like that. Uh, PBC on Fox held one of those flashy, the flash, flat, you know, the the flat, the uh, you know, you know, like like oh, Vlad, the flashy, flashy, the flashy, flash, like Vlad used to say. Uh, if only I was quicker on the board. I'm not. With earrings, with the flashy, flash. The men want to be actually want to be. Yeah, PBC on Fox wanted to be big here, and they had this flashy flash in. Uh, the only thing they didn't have were really good fights, Rafe. And I guess that's the PBC on Fox model. We wondered what would the PBC look like now that we're splitting between Showtime and Fox. From my vantage point, it still seems like Showtime's going to get the really good matchups. The really, really good ones will go to Showtime or Fox pay-per-view. Showtime will get the better matchups. It looks like Fox is just getting old-school PBC A-side against C-side matchups because outside of the pay-per-view March 16th on Fox pay-per-view, Mikey Garcia, Errol Spence, that press conference was filled with names you really love against opponents that you're like, oh, if that was the opening fight of a triple header, yeah, I'd be down with that. But no, no, I don't need Adrian Granados against these guys, against Danny Garcia. Who's Thurman? I don't even remember who Thurman's fighting. Who'd he pick? Josecito! No, I don't need this. Your thoughts on this? I, the only thing I liked was the trash talking. I didn't like anything else. Yeah, I, I feel you. I, look, it, there wasn't anything to get excited about there. I, I sort of feel like if you look at the the quantity of matchups and the who's doing good and bad, you can find probably just as many eye-rolling matchups on ESPN and top rank or on the zone, but because of the history of Al Heyman and the way he's run his business and the fighters he's advised going all the way back to the Birdo days at HBO through Showtime, through the PBC era to the present, they do not get the same benefit of the doubt. Fans are sort of waiting to just jump on every bad PBC matchup. And Honestly, their VBC continues giving us a lot of things to roll our eyes at that just sort of like, oh God, serious? Can you just put the two guys that you have who are there <laughs> yeah. and have been winning for years that we want to see fight each other, fight each other? And like, you have this platform of Fox, which for a really good fight, you'll probably get numbers comparable to what you got on CBS when you did, uh, Thurman Porter and Thurman Garcia, which was what? Like three, four, five, six million. Like it was a lot of damn people. Now I get that you can also use this as a commercial to then promote your you know when they finally fight each other on pay-per-view but like you have this platform 
to make boxing matter and to make these guys matter. Let them fight each other. Why is it this hard? Yeah, it's not. Is it come not, down to money? Not or are we not understanding the money in this? I don't like. Why can't you just like Ugas Porter? That's okay. That's fine. But this should be right now. Thurman Porter two on Fox, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it really should. Um, Thurman. Well, the thing is, you can't. It, it, there are some circumstances that you. I kind of understand. Thurman has been out, whether it was because he was how bad the injuries were, whatever. Well, I don't care. We don't know. But he's coming back, and and it is. I wouldn't expect him to jump right back in with Porter, right? So, so Thurman does, he gets that one tune up. He gets, he gets that, uh, you know, he gets a little bit of leeway there, I think. He's got, uh, he needs, Thurman needs time to lube it up. All about, it's, all, it's all about, it's all about the lube, man. It's all about just getting back moving, getting back moving, and grooving, and getting back moving and grooving. And to get back moving and grooving, you, you gotta, you gotta lube it up a little bit. So maybe he's got a lube against Josecito, but like, you said this ain't Birdo. This ain't Birdo. But like, these ain't even Birdo level B-sides. This is bad, man. It is, they, there is not much to, I mean, it was bad that you're looking at that lineup and you're like, oh, wow, Caleb Plant and Uskatagi might be interesting. <laughs> and, and they're, but they're both fighters that I honestly am not, have never cared that much about. Like, they're, they're yeah. world level. I don't, but but you don't see them as being really really special fighters, and other than having a good nickname like Sweet Hands and and dating Jordan Hardy the 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 the, the woman on the broadcast, what I don't care about I don't care about his life, Caleb. Oh, I care about his life. You see, I mean, I mean, come on, he's he's touching something. He, I mean, come on, I mean, he might be. I don't know if he's touching M's yet, but he's touching TNA and on PBC jabs. And wow, 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 wow. Uh, Rafe, um, from that that announcement we do get like i mentioned mikey garcia errol spence fox pay-per-view march 16th dallas at the damn cowboy stadium at at&t stadium not the practice facility where he took ocampo's soul not the uh dallas sportatorium where kerry von eric once ruled in the damn dome where pacquiao once punched claudy with two hands at the same time rave bang bang this can they what kind of numbers? Like, we're already questioning what kind of numbers they can do on Fox pay-per-view. What kind of numbers can they do in that dome? I'm excited that they're trying it, but is this the fight for that? Not a lot of numbers. I don't, I, they're gonna price it in a way that they can do some numbers, but still not that much. You need a real star to fill it. What, that thing holds like how many thousand, fifty, hundred thousand people? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, what did, Canelo did a big number there against Liam Smith, but, but he, that yes. wasn't even, I mean, Canelo. WWE did a hundred thousand there for WrestleMania 32. Right. High st- highest level star of Pacquiao, uh, you know, Canelo. This, unfortunately, Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia aren't on that level yet. It'll look fine. They'll figure out a way to pack enough people in there to be respectable, respectable, but it, I don't think it's going to burn up the ticket sales or the pay-per-view sales. I don't care. I still think it's a good fight. I've been a little disappointed at just how much I think because it got lumped in with a number of matchups that fans were not excited about in that PBC upfront, the the negative feelings almost just sort of bled over onto Spence Garcia. Which, yes, I I think it is a questionable decision for for Mikey Garcia's career. I don't I think he's putting himself in a really in, in a position to lose, frankly. But it's a I want to see it. I think this yeah. is a really Really cool, exciting, interesting fight. I think I know who I favor to win. It's Errol Smith. I really but damn it, it, I still want to yeah. see it. It's a, and you talk about legacy, greatness. This is it. Like, don't crap on this fight because it's a small guy in it. 
And for, but again, for all we know, I know the Lippinets fight at 140 when Garcia won a title and it turned out to be a hard fought one. That all made us say, okay, maybe 40 is his ceiling. But look, we've seen other guys. We've seen Mosley move up two weight classes and beat Oscar at welterweight. We've seen this happen before. I'm not saying Mikey's necessarily going to do it, but I love that he's going to do it and he has the right IQ power skill set to to handle himself and you know what he also has what bob would say the guy has balls he does for doing this and your same jeff jeff mayweather uh interview series on youtube which is now becoming a staple of the show they asked people that one guy said spence by murder our guy the egyptian magician ahmed el bali el bali uh picked mikey and then we got some other dude who was like gotta give mikey the ball sack of the year award for taking that fight because they gotta be this big to jump out two-way classes balls of the year mikey garcia hell yeah 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 bro balls of the year give him the ball sack of the year take his whole balls take his house all away rape yeah let's give him that credit i'm fired up fired up yes thank you moving on connected to this connected to this is Terrence Crawford, the one welterweight on the outside looking into the PBC. So that guy, Igis, oh. Igis, uh, uh, Petrovic, no, Igis, Igauskas, Igis Cavalier, oh, yeah. the mean machine. The mean machine just won on the ESPN Plus top rank card. But no, he's not fighting Bud next like we saw. Bob had another damn trick up his sleeve and he cannot defend this trick. Corner man, you cannot defend this trick. Sources say Terrence Crawford, March 23rd, ESPN at the damn garden, the Mecca MSG, is going to be facing recycled former Walter Waite. Walter Waite. Did I just say Walter Waite? Is, am getting, I talking to Keith Thurman? I'm, I'm here. getting that one time? Thurman here. I'm a natural Walter Waite. Crawford isn't. Spence is a natural Walter Waite. Sean Porter is a natural Walter Waite. This recycled Walter Waite. Luis Colazo. No, bro. Like, like we even, no. Like, no. Dude, this is nuts. It is nuts, Vio. No. What are, what are they doing, Rafe? I know there's no welterweights on that side, but it, give them the damn mean machine. Give them Ramirez. Give them, make the pro grade fight right now. Do something. No, not Luis Colazo. And not at the damn garden. Bob, what are you doing? Yeah. It, it don't, it, like, I would I, I I don't even know if Mean Machine would be a better fight, but at least it's something where you don't know exactly what you're going to see. Luis Colazo is very he's, he's had a great a really nice little really nice career, fought at a at a consistently high level, always been a good opponent. But come the f on the same 2008, the same Birdo, the same the Mosley fight. That's anymore. the thing. His best fights were against guys who weren't as good at who weren't. As good as they appeared to be, like Berto. I mean, those were his best moments, fighting well against against Hatton back in the day when when Hatton wasn't at his best. This is this is just uh, Terence Crawford ain't those guys. This ain't Berto. Oh, Crawford's gonna God. eat him up. We, you saw how, you saw the way that guys with quick hands and length like like Amir Khan Colazzo can't deal with that. He's short. He's squat. He doesn't have great reach. He's he 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 uses he relies on people to make. Dumb mistakes because he's got a good boxing brain. But you know what? Terrence Crawford got a better boxing brain and better everything else. And he's fresher and, he ha- and he's not 75 years old. And it just get this. No, stop right, that no. crap. You know what? Spence was right. Name me a top guy you fought that's better than Chris Azier. He was right. Name, name me a top guy. Like, I mean, come you know, on. You, you can't you defend know what they anymore. Done, Brian, they should have. 
They should have gotten Algeria. They should have. They should have. They should have taken him up on that. Algeria's He'll be back, back this weekend. Yeah, he's, he's fighting. He's coming back. Why not? Bob should just reach out to Guardians and and look, the Guardia and whatever else pro- weird promoters they got out there for Chris Algeria on the island and say, hey, I want to. Uh, after Errol Spence called us out for not fight, facing one fighter better than Chris Algeria, let's beat Chris Algeria. Problem Why is you not? can't defend this. And we get the situation. He dominated. Bud dominated 140, won all the damn belts. But since then, you know, he won the title from Horn. I'm, I don't hate that fight. Fought Benavides was a fun fight. But the thing is, it doesn't look like there's a pot at the end of the rainbow. It doesn't look like we're getting closer to a Spence fight. It looks like we're getting farther away. And then this as a stay busy just doesn't cut it. So they got Thurman's thoughts on, on Crawford. Sounded boring. Sorry, sorry. Let me tease that up better. Our guy, uh, Marcus Vegas of Fight Hub TV, Asked Crawford, asked Thurman, did he see Crawford's fight against Benavides? He said no. Then he asked him why. Sounded boring. Heard. Everybody talk about it the next day. Still sounded boring, okay? Fighting somebody with a limp, no disrespect. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, the, I heard the boy was decent, but he was flat-footed. He he suffered an injury. It wasn't even just an injury. It's a gunshot wound. You know, I've talked to fighters in the past, old-school fighters, who had suffered the same thing, got shot in the shoulder. Their hooks were never the same. Their straight right hand was never the same. You know, um, um, you know, at 147, Terrence Bud Crawford's competition, zero respect. It has not been impressive. And then... Marcos Vegas brings up Jeff Horn, the guy who has balls, right? Who fights like a tough, tough gang member. And this is where Thurman's attack on Bud's welterweight resume kind of starts to come true. He just called him out for beating a guy with a gunshot wound who was crippled. No disrespect, hey. No, no, no disrespect. Jeff Horn, former champ. Former what? Okay, Jeff Horn. Who's Jeff Horn? Nobody. I don't. I got so many different disrespectful things that I can say right now. I don't even want to do it because that was back then. Doesn't even matter now. But uh, Amir Khan can beat Jeff Horn. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh come on! I don't even know if Terence Crawford can beat Amir Khan. Amir oh, Khan oh, is a better oh, fighter than a lot of his competition lately. So I just. I know there's a lot of people. I respect Terrence Bud Crawford. I just don't respect him at 147 yet. At Walter Waite, he kind of has a point, Rave. He's not saying he he hasn't earned his respect at Walter Waite yet. I Walter love that. He, this is different. This ain't this is this ain't 140. This ain't this ain't Birdo. I this love Walter Waite. Thurman running his mouth. Those guys shooting like this guy is trying to shoot some bombs. He is. By the way, did you see that? Um, Porter and Thurman were next to each other at a at a media table in the past week, and then it turned into like this long argument. And they were in each other's face. That was kind of fun to see. Like Porter really called out Thurman. Like, how many more tune ups do you need? Like, you know, like that was very interesting. But they're they're he's on. He's right. You, you can't defend Bud anymore. Well, you, I, I you can defend him and say it's not necessarily all his fault. I mean, I think it is very to me. It is somewhat telling the way that. All of the top PBC Walter Waits like Errol Spence and Keith Thurman are going out of their way to be extra dismissive of Terrence Crawford whenever people bring his name up around them. That makes me think they are just as not interested in seeing him in a boxing ring anytime soon as perhaps, you know, like I'm, nobody's ducking anybody else, but no, they, they don't. 
they're not in any rush to call him out, right? They're more, oh, we're going to pretend like you aren't as good as you look until I can, until I have no reasonable argument to say otherwise, right? Until he gets a win that they, they have to respect. Unfortunately, I don't know where that win is coming from because that stuff is bleak on the top rank side. My man, this, this, this thought occurred to me and it is a dark, dark thought. I mean, it is like, like lock yourself up, gonna cry, give you nightmares kind of thought. Could it be like a span of like two and a half years no, in which no. the best the best welterweight opponent Terrence Crawford faces is Jeff Horn? No. I mean, it's starting to feel like that. Because oh. I, I mean, I, I do. I, even though Benavidez lasted longer in the fight, I sort of think Horn. I, I think I rate Horn a little bit higher. Uh, he thought he fought to win a little harder and, and paid for it. Um, and, and I, in any case, is, is that is that the case, man? Is it, it, come on, Jeff? Tell me it's not true. Oh man, no, that can't. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right, Jeffrey. I mean, no, no, I, I don't want to envision that future. It can't be. You know what, Bob? Pick up the phone and call the guy. You gotta talk to Mr. Cancer, but he'll never talk to you, right? Because he's cancer. All right, well, call Mr. Cancer and make the damn fight. All right, make Spence Crawford, or don't even go after Spence. Take Crawford. Well, then you're gonna have to ask yourself, how do you make it? How do you make? You know what's gonna happen? They're going to sell Broner to, to ESPN for one fight and let Crawford be Great. Right? Hey, I, I, I would see the thing that disappoints me about the Colazzo fight is that I want to, I just want to feel like they're being creative. They're trying, they're doing, they're throwing anything at the wall to see what sticks to sort of grease the tracks to it's lube it up. Right? You, want to, you want to throw some lube on there, make yeah, it go right. a little faster, a little smoother. Uh, and I mean, third, hold on, Colazzo, right Colazzo ain't that. that. Oh, it's, all, it's all about it's all about the lube. He was right about that. Um, I, I'm just angry about this. What? A, call up Amir Khan, man. He always wants money. Get he always wants yes. a big fight. Get get Khan. Get a name. Get see if see if Kel Brook wants to do, wants some of that. That's a nice little Joe, way to build let, some let, some, let, some, uh, some some uh, some Errol Spence momentum. Like, let, oh, well, look. Well, Kel Brook's got got that stripper to face on December eighth. But uh, we got to give him a little chocolate brownie. A little chocolate brownie. See if see if Terence Crawford wants to eat his little chocolate brownies. Uh, Wow, wow, wow. I can't wait to get that horny exclusive. You're, you're so horny that you've got the exclusive, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Uh, hey, uh, December 22nd, which is the same day as, uh, Chisora Dillian White 2 on DAZN, ESPN Plus is offering Martin Murray against Hassan Endom. Hey! I don't hate that. I got nothing bad to say about Martin Murray. You know, he's a top, top bloke. Good still, fighter, good man. Still not allowed in this country, although he did beat Sergio in the in the driving rain in oh, Buenos Aires you, and got screwed. You, you just broke my heart because you know who else is not allowed in this country, who I so wanted to see this week. Who? Ray Big Cr- John Fury, not allowed yes. in this country. Won't be ringside on Saturday. He's going to jack. He's definitely jacking. <laughs> you, you call him a jacker. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am. You say, you got... say that if uh, – that, that, so because yeah, he, he should have he should have found a way through immigration and customs. So literally, because he took the that guy uh, that guy's eye out and did jail time for that fight, that is keeping him from getting a, a visa. Yeah, similar. I mean, and basically, if you have convictions in your home country, it's very hard to get visas to visit the United States. Can't, can't you do something behind the scenes to get that? Can't you know what I mean? Like, suck my nuts. <laughs> You ain't doing it, so be quiet. Can he do that? Watch to... it or you don't want to watch it. That's what you should say. Yeah, isn't there something you could do to, to you know, behind the scenes, something gross even to make that happen? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but uh, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe Big John is just jacking from this fight because right. he knows what's going to happen when LeBron's bomber speaks it, believes it, receives it. 
that uh, that John Fury's kind of hedging already on that. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, you, we, can, we can bring it in later. Uh, um, also, Rafe. Oh, speaking of Sergio Martinez, there's like this this tease. Him and Darren Barker are teasing on Twitter. It really hasn't gone anywhere, but they both say they're willing to fight each other in a rematch. Yes. Hell yes! Put it in the zone, put it inside of the zone, and then put it inside of me, Rafe. Yes! Double kebab! Uh, There's two, two wonderful gentlemen, very handsome, both of them, and they'll be fighting like a couple of old wash guys who haven't fought in three years. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that one. Do it at Wembley, because you know that, that, where Wembley is. This is the first place of AJ. Put it at the birthplace of AJ. We need to see that. I need to see Sergio one more time. I know people like Eric Raskin are like, no, no. It's not like he ended on a great note. He ended as a cripple and letting, letting, uh, juiced up. Co- Did I say that loud? Sorry. He, he, Potentially you know, Kodo, Kodo, Kodo beat a guy with a limp. No, no disrespect. Uh, you know what's disrespectful is this final HBO card December 8th that we've oh. talked about that's being headlined by, uh, women's Pound for pound queen Cecilia Brakis. They have just added Clarissa Shields, who just fought on the zone like two weeks ago. Now she's going to get an HBO's final card. Oh man, this is getting worse. Chocolatito, whose comeback is the co-main event, is no more. An injury has pulled Roman Gonzalez from the card. So Tom Loeffler, the promoter, is desperately trying to get Juan Francisco Estrada to take his spot. Oh. Man, Rafe, like this card, like I didn't think it could get worse, but it why, just, my, it just my question got is worse. why is Tom why is why why would Tom Loeffler even try? Why who cares? Like HBO clearly is not trying to make anything out of this final event, so why should Tom Loeffler try? Wait, wait, wait till you get some better opportunity to make decent buck. Spend that money next year. You don't need to oh. need to throw money at Estrada in a, in a on short notice to get him to to save your card. This card is dead. It's doomed. That's why I don't even think Chocolatito is injured. I think he just saw the writing on the wall and said, I ain't fighting on that car. Get, like, shoot, who can get me out of here? Wow. It is hot. Wow. wow. It is good. Going back. You're excited. No. no, I'm not excited, Teddy. That's aw- That's an awful. Even with Estrada in there, look, unless he's fighting Chocolatito in a rematch in the main event, which is probably what you should have done. But look, we know HBO's not trying to spend any extra money. We know this was one more card they owed Loeffler. Speaking of Loeffler, uh, and I think I saw an ESPN story from uh, Dan Rayfield that said, Triple G's down to offers from DAZN and from ESPN, and he's going to make the decision in Santa Monica when he has lunch with Loeffler in the next week. And you should you should crash that lunch, by the way. That's your that's your backyard, and uh, decide where to go. And and Loeffler said it'll be a package deal like Oscars in that wherever Triple G goes, all the Loeffler fighters will come with him, like Blue Chip Ryan Martin, or maybe Green Chip at this point, or. Black Chip Ryan Martin and uh hey, Cecilia- Dennis Shafikov, man, Dengus. He's Cec- exciting lightweight contender. Cecilia Brakus and all the damn flyweights. Um where do you think he's going? Where do you think he should go? Where do you think he's going? Uh, how is I first of all, why is this decision being like dragged out like it's some sort of high stakes free agency move in basketball or so or baseball or so like where's it gonna be oh he should have been with the zone before it just 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 go ahead and pull the trigger on this unless unless top rank is throwing is 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 beating the offer by some outrageous amount and guaranteeing it okay fine that if it's just a strict money grab you could they could do that but shoot like the the clear 
just why not the zone? There's better fights, better fighters at middleweight and super middleweight. What the heck is there for Triple G uh, with top ranking ESPN? Uh, he could fight Rob Brandt for a bootleg Get- WBA belt, and he could move up to 68 and fight Zerto and Jesse Hart, I guess. I like the Callum Smith fight better at 168. Yes. Or future 168 title list, Canelo Alvarez. Or maybe Bob thinks he can make Triple G Saunders on ESPN. Because Saunders is like this weird free agent that can work on either side. And Frank Warren's been doing more business with ESPN, including that Murray Endom fight, than he is with DAZN at the moment. Although Saunders was ex- supposed to fight on DAZN against uh, Demetrius Andre until he had to pull out, until he had a jack. But, uh yeah... I hope does I hope that Triple G goes to DAZN because you can get a Jacobs rematch, you can get the Canelo trilogy, you can get a lot of interesting fights. Andrade, I don't know. You have to ask yourself: Do you want to go where there's more money? Do you want to go where there's harder fights, or do you want to go to ESPN with a bigger platform and softer fights? It's interesting. Bigger? What bigger? Why? Why does the platform matter to Triple G at this point? This he's he's like three weeks older than me. I know how washed I am. Now he's a real athlete, so there's something different going on here. You know, he's cut from a different cloth than bum like me. But still, still, come on, you're 36. You're gonna be 37. How, what what good is is soft playing fighting some 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 junk on a on a big platform gonna do? I, I guess I, to build to what so that he can uh, fight he Canelo was. at 39 and get. Beat yeah, up another Hublot sponsorship. I don't know. You're right. He's already got the Jordan and the Hublot. Just finish out your career strong. Finish strong. Look, you need show. Guys, you you need show. You then need... get into zone. Okay, get call your parents. Tell your tell just tell your parents. Just hi. Yeah, just hi. Just hi. Hi. hi hello, my zone fans. Hello, hello. I I respect athlete, Brian. Because when you're on your way to Cantostota, you should take some big money, big fights on the way out. Um. Yeah, Rafe, that'll do it for uh, latest news uh, weekend recap. You got anything else for me? Nothing. Oh well, well, let's let's go back. Let me let me let me throw a little shout out to my man Kerman Leharaga, who is now re- represented in the in the United States by promoter Lou Lube Debella, and and they Lube says that he's bringing Kerman, my, my the Basque bomber, over from Spain sometime next year. He finally finally one of these European guys who can bang but can't box got through a fight. Because your boy Lewis Ritson did not do it for the us up there in in in, in wherever in, in Sunderland, New, Newcastle on the Geordie Shore. I can't remember. Uh, Ritson didn't look didn't didn't get it done. None of these, but but and of course here on our side of the pond, the rooster couldn't get it done. Finally, someone represented for the tattooed and the rat-tailed and the unskilled among us, and that man is Kermin Leharaga. I'm ex- I'm pumped up. He looked pretty good against against Frankie Gavin. Showed some of his limits uh, in that Gavin was landing on him a lot, but he it, it really didn't bother about- him, and then he just sent that man to hell. We really talking about Kerman Lalnaraga on the show. Yeah, I am. You bet. And and anyone who missed the amazing Basque traditional dance routine before that. Fight, you missed out, my man. You all missed out. I'm there. I'm seeing it. I, I hear Jimmy. No show. Waste the money. Wow. Uh, hey, it's all about the lube, though, as, as Keith Thurman told us. Shout out to Lube DeBella on that regard. Um, hey, it's weekend preview time, but before we preview all things Wilder Fury, Showtime pay per view, Saturday night, Staples Center, LA, it matters. I'm going to have my own L.A. story this week. Rafe Boogs is going to show me the sights and sounds of the city of angels. 
uh, no, we're not like going to a Doyers game or anything, but we're gonna eat some 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 quality meat, right? Oh yeah, all all the kinds of meats you want, I got them. All right, all right. Um, before we do that though, let's talk to the WBC heavyweight champion of the world. Speak it, receive it, and now you'll hear it, Deontay Wilder. Enjoy. Deontay, bronze bomber. Always a pleasure up, to man? chat with you, my friend. Fired up is all What's heck. Up? December 1st, Showtime pay-per-view. L.A., Tyson Fury, the heavyweight championship of the world. Speak it, believe it, receive it. That's what it is, my friend, right? Amen, amen, amen. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Appreciate the time. I know you're doing interviews around the clock to hype this fight. Now tell me this, Bronze Bomber, 40 fights in, is Deontay Wilder still fighting for respect in this game? I mean, you're always going to be fighting for respect in this game because because there's always new talent coming. You know, you just you might not hear them today, you might not hear them tomorrow, you may not hear them in the months or, or a year's time, but they're coming and developing. And with that being said, you must keep your, your name active. You must keep that respect level um, as, as is, you know, because – if they start disrespecting you, people, you know, they're going to start, people start thinking that, you know, thinking that they have some type of advantage over you and they can get to you. But I'm a king in this division and I must, I, I demand my respect. If you don't give it to me, I'm going to take it. We've seen such a fun buildup between the two of you on the press tour. Multiple countries, multiple trash talk back and forth. Did anything Tyson Fury said get under your skin? Nothing he said got under my skin. You know, when you come from, when you have a background like mine, when you're growing up with the color that I have, and when you, man, nothing he can say, nothing he can say, man, to get under my skin, you know, nothing that I haven't heard before, you know, he said, he, he, you know, he make up a lot of lies up in his, his things, but you know, that's okay. It's part of the promotion. It's good for promotion. Long as he, long as those words that he say, that fuels him to be the best Tyson Fury come December 1st, then go ahead. You can say what you want, but you also got to understand whatever you say, it will apply against you as well, too. I will be the judgment, and it will be judgment day come December 1st. Yes, yes. Well said, well said. Look, Deontay, 40-0. and 0. We haven't seen you lose since the 2008 Beijing Olympics. You lost a decision to silver medalist Clemente Russo of Italy, Take me back there. Ten years ago, I know that was very early in your boxing game for you. That was a big moment with such little experience for you to take home a bronze medal. Uh, can you remember what losing feels like? What was the mentality in that moment ten years ago? Yeah, you know, losing is definitely no fun, you know, but you gotta you gotta maintain and handle it the same way as when you win, you know. You gotta you gotta roll with the punches. Although in the Olympics I didn't feel that things was right in the Olympics. I've seen a lot of things occur in the Olympics, like people getting paid. One of our guys got paid, got paid in the Olympics, and, and it, was ama- it, was, it blew my mind. It made me start thinking that a, 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 a fighter can train for four years to go to this big event, the Olympics. You train your butt off to go there, the Olympics, and it not – it's really not about your skill level. It's about if someone likes you or not, they like your country or not, or if they're getting paid off and stuff. And when I fought my fault, my, my, when I fought my fight, you know, you, if you go back and look at the fight, man, he wasn't hitting me. It was giving him points that he didn't even deserve. 
But being that I was in the Olympics and I've seen misjudgment, I've seen people getting paid off and stuff like I understood. I said I accepted fate because I realized that hey, this is only amateur. It don't really count. I'm about to turn pro, and that's when I make my statement. So, you know, I love my amateur experience. It took me across the world. It took me to countries that I probably would have never seen, you know, if I wasn't in boxing. I'm, and I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm grateful for all that, the, just the experience. Absolutely. And now all these years later, unbeaten heavyweight champion in really this fight, which is pretty darn historic. Now, everybody loves this fight, Deontay, because of the size of the guys, the size of the words coming out of their mouth. But how important is this fight historically in your eyes when you consider unbeaten versus unbeaten, former champion who never lost his title, coming back against the most dominant heavyweight of today? Are people missing out on at all on sort of the historical narrative underneath all this? Oh, most definitely, man. This is, oh, man, this is one of the biggest fights in the world right now. You know, you got, just like you was, you, you know, you just said, you know, and to add on, you got, you know, a 6'7 and a 6'9 guy, both athletic, both can move, you know, their bodies in, in ways that you've never seen big guys do. You know, one possesses some type of skill of boxing and the other one possesses, you know, a punching power that's out of this world, that if he hits you, that it can be the last of you or that night, you know, devastating knockout. And that's just, and that's what it is. This is the sight that has ever been. This is to determine who is the best heavyweight in the world. You got the number one against the number three, in my opinion, you know, and it don't get no better than this. This right here will determine who is the heavyweight champion of the world. Who is that one champion, that one face and that one man. Now, when you were coming off that win over Bermain Stavern in the rematch, I had told you you looked scarier than any fighter I'd ever seen in one round. And it wasn't just the punches that got him out of there. It was the mentality. It was the eyes. You told me that's the damn bronze bomber. That's the guy you turned into. Now, that sort of conversation came up in your face-off with Fury on British TV. And he got all freaked out. He accused you of channeling satanic spirits of 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 the dead or something i mean did you see the way he reacted there what were your thoughts on that <laughs> and it's funny that you're describing it and stuff like that and, and because he definitely got uncomfortable i seen his face expression i felt his energy and i he always talking about how he's getting to me but in reality I am getting to him. I'm in his head because he knows that it's real. When I look into your eyes and I tell you what is how I'm feeling, what my heart is, because my mouth is only to translate it to what my heart is trying to tell you. So if you can't understand my country grammar English, please believe you better understand what my heart's saying. You know, and, and that's what it was. Yeah, I don't have to build something that's not there. I don't have to make up something that's not there. I try to give people a little piece of me inside of me. Every, every, every athlete, no matter what sport it is, is pertaining to, all the greats could tell you something about themselves that was unnormal, something that normal, a normal person couldn't do or a normal player couldn't do. That's what made them unique. That's what separates them from the, the, from the others. And for me, when I turn into the bronze bomber, it separates me from all these other fighters. It makes me channel into another dimension that is scary. It's scary. I have a scary feeling when I turn into that man because I feel stronger, my power, the way I'm, my mindset is, 
the way I um the energy energy channeling, you know, every all of that is just it's real. You know, I was just talking to you know, I just had Dominique Wilkins uh, Wilkins at my house and he was telling me how he used to visualize and meditate and a certain thing that he felt would make him be able to react and be able to be one of the best. So I know I'm not crazy. Everyone has it. Everyone. I mean, not everyone, but everyone, every every great person that's in the sport or doing anything, you don't even have to be in the sport. You can have, you can be, you know, whatever you, your, your occupation is, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to label different occupations. It can be whatever you're doing at the moment in time. What separates you from the other people? What makes you great? Because everyone is, everyone has greatness in them, but it, greatness is only deser- determined by service. So what service are you applying to your greatness to become great? You know, and what I have is what it is. I'm great. And these guys wish they try to find ways. Some of them will try, some of them, Look up to me. A lot of them look up to me. They may not never say it, but they do. They follow me. They try to see everything I do because I'm unique. I'm special in this sport. Everyone wants what I have, and that's where I am. So I'm definitely in Fury head. He thinks he's in mine, but you can't get in my head, baby. Yeah, it sounded like you described you get in a zone in a way. Now, he tried to say you're, like, channeling dark spirits like black magic or whatever. I'm not sure that's the case, but how do you become the Bronze Bomber? Is it just like an intense meditation, you know, mental focus before a fight in a locker room, or is it something that happens the week of, you know, to talk to me about becoming that. Just, it's, 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 it's a transformation, you know, it's a transformation. When I'm dealing with boxing, when I'm having to do things that's a boxing, you know, training, strength training, all this pertains to boxing. I'm doing it for the, I'm getting in shape for boxing. You know, I'm lifting weights, I'm running, um, sprinting, because I don't jog, I run, do sprints for boxing. I go into boxing you know, gym, I hit uh, you know, uh, hitting the pads or sparring, all that's for boxing. But when it's time, when it, when it, when it, when it's time for it to count on that special night when the lights come on, it's just a different person that comes out inside of me. It's time. I'm a playmaker. I'm a playmaker. And when it's time for me to be able to make plays, I do it well. And the transformation building up like the week of the fight, just to build all the meditation and visualization that I've done for this fight. Like I tell fighters, like I told Ortiz, I said, no matter what, I said, Ortiz, I've fought you 100 times already. I fought, no, nothing you're going to be able to do going to be able to, you know, give me, I've fought you over 100 times. And that's through visualization and meditation. A lot of people, and what's so good about me continuing to describe and explain meditation is, People don't know how to do it. A lot of people don't know how. How do you do it? I get people asking me. I've been big. I've been listening to you. I want to speak and believe, receive. I want. How do you do it? How, you know, people want to know the methods of this math. Some people can call it crazy. People can call it put another source of of, of of spirits or whatever. But people are very interested in how do you make because meditation it soothes you, calm your mind. It be able to have you can take control of your mind and it. And it, and it strengthens in it. It's like an exercise. It strengthens your mind. And the transformation happens, especially when it's on the night of the fight. The transformation is there. I'm no longer Deontay Wilder no more. I'm a bronze bomber. Yeah, that's that's some powerful stuff there, man. I can hear the the mental strength in your words right there. That's why this matchup is so fun. Two guys so mentally strong. Now, did it surprise you in the build up to this when he kept talking about knocking you out even though on a, you know we know Tyson Fury doesn't have fight changing power. He's a slick boxer. He's a smart guy in the ring. 
What do you think was behind him trying to tell Deontay Wilder, I'm going to knock you out? Is, is it a mental game? What's going on here? Yeah, everything he does is mental. It's just a mental game that he plays. He, he don't, he don't believe in things himself because he don't, he don't possess that type of power. He don't possess that type of strength. Tyson Fury knows he's not strong. He just throw pillow punches. I got babies that's stronger than him. He knows that. He ain't no knockout orders. All he want to do is, is beat you on points and stuff like that. You can tell by, by, uh, the method of how he throw, throw his jab. You know, he throws his jab with his elbows and out instead of just straight throwing it out. Certain little things like that. You know, he don't believe in these things. He don't possesses it. He don't know what it feels like to knock a man out in a devastating fashion. He's never been in a exciting fight. The only exciting fight he's been in is when he got dropped by Cunningham. You know, that's it. But me, <laughs> me, my career has been based off of dramatic knockouts. My career has been based off of, you know, moments where we don't know if this guy is going to get up or if he's breathing or not. Many a times, people know that about me. That ain't something I got to, you know, build. It's something I got to say to guys to get in their head. They know this about me, you know. But by me saying it, it's just a reminder. It just lets you know, like, this is real. What I do is real, man. I mean, this ain't no game. I don't fake it. It's real. So, you know, what he, he's trying to get in my head because – like I, I told Fury, the first, the first time this thing started off, this press conference in Belfast, now when we was in London, we had to face off. I told him, I'm like, bro, you're not going to be able to get in my head. I'm not Klitschko. I'm not him, so don't try. And that right, when I seen his face, when he said that, his face expression changed a little bit, you know, because he's like, dang, because that's exactly what he's trying to do. This whole thing has been trying to get in my head, but he – that's why he keeps saying, I'm getting in his head. I got him. I'm getting in his head. If he, keep, if he say it again, you already know from me telling you this is what he's – but he's not there. And it's too late now. Nothing he can say, nothing he can do can, 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 can do nothing for me. You know, I don't get offended by that. Nothing he says. Because I, but I will apply it against him in the ring. Now, style-wise – we could be honest. He's, you know, he's one of the slickest boxers around for a heavyweight. So, ment- mentally, are you prepared to give away a few rounds and, and see what he's got and set up for that knockout punch later? Like, is that how you look at a fight, or are you going out there trying to win every round? Can you compete with his speed and his boxing? How are you sort of mentally preparing for the X's and O's of this matchup? Oh, most definitely. The, the question is, can he compete with my speed in boxing? You know, uh, speed is power, and I possess that. But I'm one of the – speed is nothing to me. You know, I'm I'm known for, for being able to knock guys out, you know, with the speed. I'm, 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 for me, I'm, I'm, very, I'm faster than what these guys think, and you can't see it in the fights, you know. But when guys come and spar with me, they, 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 they sense that. You're smarter. You think you're more than what they say you are. You know, so it, it does me, it does my heart good for to hear trainers or hear other fighters thinking that I'm just this one trick pony. Because, you know, I smile when they say it. Because now, like, oh, here you go. I'm going to have to show you. I'm going to prove, you know, if you're thinking that, then it's over with. If your trainer's thinking that, then they don't know how to train you for me. See, when guys get out of that mindset and think I'm just a one trick pony, maybe they'll have a, a great game plan of beating me. Because when they get in that ring, Everything changes. Everything changes for them. Everything they've said they, 
uh, things that they thought of me that was going to happen, and they they thought they can do it because they did it against other fighters, they're going to find that they can't do it against me. And if you do hit me one time, you may even hit me twice. But it's not going to be there all night. Now, one thing about Fury, he's going to have the box. If he's talking about beating me on points and all this, he's going to have the box for 12 rounds. He's going to have to outbox me for 12 rounds. And we know in boxing you're going to get hit. Even the, 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 the best of the best got hit. And you're going to get hit, especially if it's 12 rounds. What's going to happen when I hit you? Because I am going to hit you. I do have skills, a set of skills that I'm very good at. I possess this, you know. So we'll see. Like I said, all that's a good talking point for him and him you know, um, promoting the fight and different things like that. But it's going, to be a different, it's going to be a different thing when he actually has to get in the ring with me. He's very nervous. I know he is. He's very, very nervous. I'd have been, man, I'd have been doing this for a long time. And when I wasn't in the boxing ring, I was out. I was, I was, I was fighting in the streetwise. I never looked for trouble, but trouble found me. And I had to teach people lessons. And along those lessons, I learned from lessons by giving out, by giving out lessons. You know, so it's gonna be a beautiful thing, man. I, you know, this is an intriguing fight that I can't wait. I'm so excited for others. I'm excited by the heavyweight division. I'm excited by boxing because we are definitely winning. All right, closing here really fast, Deontay, and you've been great. Great chatting with you. Uh, you said you're excited about the heavyweight division. Everyone is. Alexander Usyk is now a part of it after what he did to Tony Bellew. Your thoughts on that? You know, I just I only seen half of the fight and stuff, and uh, I got to commend um, Bellew on what he did. Bellew was whipping his ass. That's his faces. Bellew was whipping his ass. Bellew definitely gave people uh, insight on what this guy really is all about, and I think he should stay at the cruiserweight division. If, if 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 he was smart, he would stay at the cruiserweight division, because when you start coming up in weight, you're gonna have to gain some more weight, and you're gonna be slower than what you was already displaying. Tony Bellew was tearing tearing him up every time he threw. He would he go he could hit him, and when he was was pawing out with that jab, a lot of guys see guys like me with longer arms. It's not gonna take that jab in your face just pawing it, and you ain't testing. You just pawing. You know, you're gonna get you. We're gonna take advantage of that and stuff like that. You know, so I advise him to stay cruiserweight because when he start dealing with the, especially when you start getting the elite of the division with these heavyweights, it's gonna be a he's gonna find that the power is different and everything, especially the power. The weight is different. Can you tame? Can you uphold that weight that you have that to be up in there? You only have to be over 200 pounds, 201, really, as that. But would that be enough? Everybody's not DeBron's mama. Everybody's not Deontay Wilder. I can do it at a level that I can do it at because I've done it many a time. But most guys feel they need that weight to do it. But, you know, if he do come and he, he fight a legitimate heavyweight to officially announce yourself in there, then, hey, for me as a king, welcome. I love the great, more, great the answer. Merrier. Very detailed. Now to close, I know you, could, you can't get through in any interview without Anthony Joshua and Eddie Hearn coming up. So I know you're not focusing on them now, but I got to ask you, if you beat Tyson Fury on December 1st, are you going to call out Joshua's name? Or are you thinking in your mind, by beating Fury, I'm the real champion, I'm done chasing AJ? Because Eddie Hearn says, if Deontay wants this fight, it's got to be with the zone. There's always rules in there. What's your thought process on those two guys as you enter December 1st? Man, you know, I'm like, well, my grandma said, you ain't got nothing nice, don't say nothing at all, you know. And I've said a lot of things, and I mean what I say. I don't, you know, them, them guys got a plan. You know, Hearn's got a plan for Joshua. Joshua don't run his team. You know, 
other guys running, and which that's a shame because Joshua is the fighter. He can't do this forever. It's, it's, it's a window that we all have and we must take. And by him not taking an opportunity where he could have made the most money in, in his career and outside of his country because he, couldn't have, he can't make that much money in his country. Like, they got a cap on their money. He cannot. There's no way possible he can make the money that we can offer him. You know, but if he want to be a fool and let these people run his career and, and do it like they're doing it, hey, do it. If, he, if he's comfortable with making money, you know, uh, you, if he's comfortable making money that he could make, he could make in one fight that he can make in three or four fights. He rather choose. Basically, what I'm trying to say, if he rather choose the route of making money, uh, three or four fights to equal out a fight that he can money that he can make in one fight, then go be it, man. You want to break your body down every time just to make the equivalent of the money that we can give you in one fight, then you're done. You know, and go ahead and do what they want you to do. Because the thing about this game, this sport. Is that promoters, managers, trainers, whatever, whoever is involved in, in boxing, they can do this to the life of them. They don't, you know, you can be a trainer and you can be trained. You can be 100 years old training a champion. You can be 100 years old, uh, you know, uh, managing or promoting. But as a fighter, you got you to gotta take the opportunity when it comes. You got to seize the moment. And he did not seize the moment. And for that, man, may God be with them. And whatever decision they make, because we're grown men, and only grown men, you know, be able to handle this situation. I, I can't deal with a, a, a bunch of children, man. And then you got one guy, he, he is the source. Without him, the other people is not nothing. And he's so brainwashed. And, you know, and, you know, once he come together, then I'll be here. I ain't going nowhere until I retire, you know. Because they talking about fighting me in 2020 or, or – Barry Hearn said he don't care if they never fight me. You know, they said they don't care about what the fans think. They're going to do what they do. So that tells you right there what they think about boxing and they, what they think about the fans in boxing. They don't care. They're saying fuck everybody. Well, Deontay, you'll have that chance December 1st to be the man, the lineal champion. Appreciate your time. Showtime pay-per-view. We're all fired up. Best of luck for you, man. Stay healthy. I can hear it in your voice. The bomb squad is coming. I can hear it, man. I'd yeah, be afraid baby. to go against you on December 1st. Thanks, buddy. My man. There it is. Love it. Great stuff, man. <laughs> all right, bro. Have a good one. You too. Wow, Rafe, I'm going to use the word wow because of this. All right. Let me, let me, let me put it to you like this. Okay. Let, let me, let me, let me say first some things. I've covered a lot of fights. I've interviewed a lot of fighters ahead of those fights. Once a year, sometimes an interview will happen. Well, I'll come out of there and it doesn't matter the fight odds. Doesn't matter the situation. I go, you know what? I just heard something in that voice. I just heard something that if I was a betting man, I'm jumping on the private jet right now with Floyd and heading to Vegas, stopping at Girl Collection on the way, and I'm putting down the whole load, all of the load, like the giant load, the like like the big, the big load, all the loads, right? I can't find any load buttons. I should have got 50 of them on this board. How well, is, what what casino takes those kind of bets? I'm not aware yeah, of them. Yeah, Floyd's Casino. Girl, at the Girl oh, Collection oh, Casino, yeah, they do. That's true. Uh, and then, then Sal Powell's like, well, what happened when he, when he, when he shot his load? Wait, so wait. speaking of that, and then I go, I don't care anymore. That guy's going to win. I heard something. There's something in there. So when I heard Tyson Fury's interview with Joe Rogan, did you hear that? 
Yeah, yeah, it was a good podcast. I came out of there going, he's going to win the fight, dudes. He's going to win the damn fight. He's been through too much. He's so damn mentally tough. He's going to win the fight. I'm ready to tell you this week on the prediction portion that he's going to win the fight. And then I talked to Deontay Wilder. You just heard the interview. We have two really mentally strong fighters here. Part of what Fury does to people is he gets in their heads, Rafe. I don't think you can get in Wilder's head. I'm convinced. As soon as I hung up the damn phone on that interview, I turned to no one in particular because I was alone in my office and said, Wilder's winning this fight by knockout. And I don't think I've ever had that where both fighters are tricking me into just being brainwashed into them completely because this fight matters. It's big, and they both really, really, really want it, and they're both really tough on the inside. Emmanuel Stewart was right, right? The prophecy. Emmanuel Stewart saw it, what, back in 2012. He was like, no, I, these these two guys have something different. They are tougher. They are going to outlast the others. Now, we don't know if that's really true, but this is going to, uh, give, you know, it, it held up so far, which is pretty impressive. They are. I, I understand where you're coming from. I also think it's funny because as the week goes on, I'm going to see you a couple times, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, right after you come off of some interview with Tyson Fury, and you're going to be like, Fury's going to win. He just I, – I see it, man. I believe it. And then like 15 minutes later, Wilder's going to have his availability. You're like, oh my god, this Wilder cannot lose this fight. He is unbeatable in this fight. Um, so I'm, I'm ready to watch that vacillation back and forth. But I think it's appropriate in this case because you're right. Uh, Fury is a pers- – like almost a hypnotist level – persuasive person when he speaks i mean he really can talk you into anything it is that gift of gab it is that traveler in him that that decades of storytelling and being able to talk a man's talk a man's shirt off his back if he needs to (laughs) that is something that he has in his blood just like fighting in his is in his blood and to combine in this amazing sort of interesting way that his entire his, it's like for, for Fury, the fight begins as soon as the fight is announced or even before when he starts calling guys out and starts playing these little head games and makes up crazy stories about, about battles of will and hot tubs and saunas and, and, and they oh, don't right. even that know what happened. the hell is going on. That happened. It was, that was real. That really happened, Rafe. You, you know it was real, right? With that, it I did remember. exist. We both know it did exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, seriously. You, you can say you don't know what I'm talking about, but, but I'm seriously I know, saying it. And you know it did exist. No, I don't know. It did exist, Trace. It, it, it happened. It ha- and you're, but you're right. There's something different about Wilder in that he is almost so. I don't, it, it, he's impervious to that stuff. It's almost like he's not even processing the, the junk that Fury is throwing at him. Deontay Wilder is just. So, so it just, just doesn't, he's just going to come in and do what he does. And I think if he, if he sticks to that and he doesn't get thrown off by the, the movement and the angles and the, the cleverness, the panache that Tyson Fury is going to show him, then I think Wilder should win that fight by knockout. Wow. Early, early jumping right in on it, but well, we, can, we can get in more detail, but that's, 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 you know, that's, that's my thoughts. Both incredibly mentally tough. I don't think Wilder is his, broken once and fury tried hard during that press tour he tried hard to push the i'm gonna knock you out maybe as a hope that he would get wilder to you know gas out and come in crazy aggressive he never got seemed to get under his skin with the insults basically the guy okay so wilder's an emotional dude 
Do you remember when Povetkin got, had to pull out of those fights and then Ortiz popped dirty before they were supposed to fight the first time? And Wilder every day was like emotionally unstable on Twitter, putting out videos that like his handlers should have been like, no, 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 no. This is Danny's, this is Danny's account. Like get this out of here. Uh, that was a time where I was like, you know, Wilder's a scary slugger, but is he that dude? Does he have that makeup? I think he's really grown from those times. If you, you just heard his voice in that interview talking, like, things don't bother him. Like, I don't think it's going to bother him if he loses the first eight rounds, right? Like, I don't think anything bothers him but his goal to prove himself and finally get the respect that really, if you think about it, it's kind of crazy. We know why there's still a lot of critics that don't respect him. The fact that for the first 35 fights, he didn't fight anybody. And then when he wanted to start fighting people, he couldn't get anybody. So all he's doing was fighting C-level heavyweights and struggling a bit and then knocking them out. But the thing is, his style and his lack of panache kind of sets him up to struggle a bit against everybody because he's got to take some time to figure it out. But, man, he's mentally in a zone right now that 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 part of the idea of picking Fury Look, you gotta put a lot of stock on the idea that, I mean, he's gotta survive 12 rounds against a guy with two hands like that. And the only guy to do that was Fats Deverne when Wilder broke his hand. And then he got sent to hell hard in the rematch. So that's already saying a lot, if you're gonna pick Fury, that you're saying, okay, he's gonna survive 12 against this guy. Then you've gotta be like, well, he's also gonna get the judge's respect for what he's doing on all the cards, and there's gonna be no foul play. But I think on top of that, for that to happen, at some point, he's got to mess mentally with Wilder. He's got to make him so frustrated that there's just no game plan, that he's just chasing Fury around and aimlessly. He's got to, you know, and the thing is, when I watch All Access, parts one and two, I don't see a guy who appears to have mental holes, meaning Wilder, and I don't see a guy physically who appears to have any holes. I mean, this guy, you know, he showed us a lot. That Luis Ortiz, you know who Luis Ortiz was in that fight? Lomachenko is the test man. Luis Ortiz, however old he was, was the ultimate test man at that point for who Deontay Wilder was. We still didn't know if the chin was real, if the backbone was real. I think he showed me in that fight that nothing's going to bother this guy. He's that determined. So if you're going to pick Tyson Fury in the end, you're going to have to hope on a lot of things. You're going to have to hope that somehow he gets cracked emotionally, mentally, confidence-wise. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yet Fury's this ultimate snake charmer who never should have been able to do that to Klitschko. Never, Rafe, in a million years. He never should have been able to snake charm him like that. He shouldn't have. And and that comes down to the diff- one of the big differences between a guy like Klitschko and a guy like Wilder. Klitschko was so well-trained and he built himself up through that, that second phase of his career, that dominant 11-year stretch of, of, of being unbeaten and, and collecting belts at heavyweight and eating pies left and right. That He built that up by being so cautious, only throwing punches when he knew exactly what was there and that he there was no risk, right? Because he had that Klitschko had that weak chin. He had to protect his he had to protect and couldn't take risks. Wilder, all he does not care like that. He I don't even know if he could recognize if he understands how to fight like that. And then, and I think that is to his advantage against a guy like Tyson Fury who wants to basically use all those feints and smoke and mirrors and movements to keep a guy on his toes and think Oh man, no, 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 now's not the time. And then by the, and then when, when you want to throw the punch, he's gone already. That's, that's Fury's game. He's, he's a spoiler. It's weird. You don't see a lot of he- spoilers at heavyweight anymore. And, and historically, I don't even know how many there have been. Uh, but 
that's what he does. And I don't know if, if Wilder that even registers in his boxing brain. He's just like punch, punch, punch. Yeah. Gerald uh, Washington spoiled Wilder for four rounds. You know what I mean? Like everyone's well, a spoiler. You don't have to spoil him. You can just, uh, there, the, the, the Fury argument might be forget all the head games, forget the mental stuff here. There's still a chance that Fury straight up outclasses Wilder. That finally all the lack of panache does catch up to him and that Fury is good enough to keep that up for 12 rounds, at least against a guy who does not have the boxing pedigree movement, the, the, the sort of the, the, the sort of fundamental skills to deal with what Fury can do. Like if, if that maybe Fury is just such a, so much better at the fundamentals of boxing that he is not going to ever get clipped by a big right. Now, it's a little bit hard to believe, but it's not, I don't think that is totally off the table. It's not, and that's what makes this fight so damn interesting. I think there's too many people who are just like, ah, Fury's fat, he's never going to be the same guy against Klitschko, this ends in a knockout. You know what I mean? I think there's too much of that just like reflection when the core of this is Look, the best matchups are always boxing, boxer versus puncher. Styles make fights, that's the best natural style. Punchers versus boxers have hated each other longer than the Celtics and Lakers and the Cowboys and the Indians, right? Alright? Like, like, they just, this is natural, and you have, but they're not like naturally pure puncher versus naturally pure boxer. It's like two abstract painters. It's the, the ultimate spoiler who can switch stances and do crazy things against a guy who, like we said, is so damn raw and wilder, but yet so friggin' athletic. Like, I know you don't put stock in the idea that that Stavern rematch, he was a different man in there, that he really became the bronze bomber, that he, I like, think that Stavern was a different man in the rematch more saying, than Wilder was. If I Wilder, mean, you heard Big John Fury calling Stavern a Teletubby, he was right. Do you remember when Wilder, like, the, the, the physical motions he used to attack Stavern in that rematch, it was as if he was playing Madden and he hit the L1 button to do, like, the sidestep and then dive right back in. Like, it was insane. If he channels that, I mean, it's fight over. I don't know how he gets into that. But my point of this is it's such an interesting matchup. And I don't care anybody that goes, oh, it's going to be really boring. No, it's going to be really interesting because there's going to be drama the whole time of what happens if Fury gets hit. And you know what? What happens if Fury does get hit and then gets up? And I know nobody has, but you know what? Nobody had against Gennady entering that Daniel Jacobs fight. But then Gennady fought an A-plus guy finally. Or an A guy in Danny Jacobs, whatever you want to say. And you know what? Danny Jacobs got hit flush in round four. He got up and he was like, wow, I assumed I would die when I got hit by Golovkin. Guess what? I didn't die. I'm still in this fight. What if that happens? What if Tyson gets clipped midway through? But because he's so damn hungry and crazy, he gets up and now we have a fight. Yeah, we've never seen anybody survive Wilder's power, but that would be interesting. I think there's scenarios where this fight gets crazy. I think even if this fight goes the distance under any circumstance, Rafe, there's going to be scenarios when those cards are red. I mean, I know we're probably not going to going to see uh, Daniel Jacobs' girl there. The adolescent bird. And may, probably not any of uh, of Teddy's. That woman judge. But those judges are going to be a lot of, you know, if they don't get off early, there's going to be a lot of interesting ways to look at this fight. I'm fired up for a very interesting chess match. There's just something about Fury, dude. I, you know, I nailed it off the top that they're both so mentally tough. But you hear all those speeches about, you know, I, I was born to fight. That's the only thing I've ever done, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think he's going to be crazy enough to do everything it takes to try to win. And Rafe, to use that style against big punchers, you got to be crazy enough. Because what do you do against Klitschko? He stood in the strike zone, in the damn pocket, yet the movements were so jerky 
that he sort of just like pressed pause on Klitschko and put him in a constant state of I don't know what to do, and then he's getting slapped on the chin left or right. It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. I don't have any fear. Like Fury's coming out and saying 2015 Fury is dead from the Klitschko fight. This is a new guy. I don't fear that 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 there's even if he gets knocked out. I don't fear that there's going to be a problem with stamina or anything. I think we're going to see the best Tyson Fury we could see for this circumstance. Your thoughts? I think that's likely. I guess we don't know how good that best Tyson Fury is after the layoff and after fighting two pretty meaningless tune-ups. And even even Big John, when they when when our guy from IFL TV, Coogan Cassius, caught up with him last week a few days ago, was talking to him about the fight. He was admitting that if he would have charted this out differently, he wouldn't have put Fury in with Wilder this fast after the layoff. That he says you need to be in fighting shape and you only get in fighting shape by fighting real fights and and Fury hasn't had that yet. So he even he even even the the patriarch of the Fury clan so that was the Good. That was interesting. I don't have that sound. I didn't have time to, to grab that. But you sent me that whole interview where I don't know if John Fury is just mad that he can't be there. But you're right. He kind of hedged. He was like, well, you know, if if Tyson had a full camp, it would be 80-20 in his favor in terms of him winning. Now that he's kind of compromised, it's a 50-50 fight. But that's from a guy who's a total homer for his own son. So it's showing you that even he believes this could be a problem for Fury. And he kind of shat all over Ben Davison, the 25-year-old inexperienced trainer that Tyson picked up as well so Rafe Tyson seemed to have hedged a little bit by bringing in Freddie Roach to be the cut man is Freddie Roach going to be the voice of reason when it matters can Freddie Roach add anything does this matter at all I think it I think it can't hurt right uh, well that's not true it can hurt if, if it somehow created this some weird civil war rift between Davison and Roach in camp that that there is no evidence or rumor of that I've heard of yet, but could be you know it's not impossible to imagine that that the the guy that sort of stuck with you, believed in you when you were 400 pounds and in your darkest moments and helped you get back, all of a sudden it's like oh now now you want to bring in the Hollywood trainer to 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 help and be be your pretend cut man this fight. I mean, and now we are projecting that entirely. Let me say that is clear. That is that there is there. I have not heard a real rumor or reporting of some kind of riff like that, but that is how it could potentially backfire. My, my belief is that it can't really hurt because it, I, I think it's, look, if you have that experience, uh, say what you will about Freddie, uh, his style of, of training and, and how it's actually an interesting match because he usually takes guys who are, he, he likes to work with punchers. He likes to g- fight with very aggressive guys, not the way Fury fights, but that, but Freddie's experience, his big fight experience, his what he knows about about being in huge pay-per-view USA fights is is really valuable, I think, and, and worth the risk of offending the young trainer Ben Davison. And hopefully, uh, like and he said this in All Access that that Freddie and Freddie does seem like a, I don't know Freddie as well as a lot of people in boxing do, um, or really at all. I've I've only you know interviewed him in scrums and stuff, but. He seems to me like a, a pretty generous man with his boxing knowledge and that, and, and as a teacher, and he seems to at least try to, to have that, um, that not a very territorial vibe. And he's like, I want to share the knowledge of this game and, and help someone get better. And that applies to both a fighter and a trainer. So Fury was saying that he thinks of it as a way for Davison to improve and, and soak up some of, of, of Freddie's experience. And if it works out that way, then great. Uh, at the end of the day, it still is the two fighters in the ring who are going to decide this. But I think it helps to have Freddie's experience back there. Yeah, I think overall to be a plus. It's just interesting, though, because Freddie typically is more of an offensive coach. 
yeah. and Fury is such a spoiler defensive style that I wonder if, it, you know, when the cameras are turned off, if Freddie can show him some ideas of when to institute more offense. I mean, do you think we'll see a more here's, – here's my question to you. Fury said ad nauseum. I'm going to knock him out. You can take that as some sort of mental game, if you will. You heard Wilder just say, it's just him trying to get in my head. But is there any idea to Fury flipping the script and being more offensive because he may need to in order to keep Wilder off of him? Do you see any scenario or take any credence in that? I, it's possible. I don't, I don't know if I really see it because I feel the way that I don't, I don't know if Wild, if Fury decides to be elusive and, and stink out a few rounds and make Wilder miss, I don't know that Wilder has the chops. I don't know that he has the way, the, the footwork, the, the fainting, the boxing sort of computer in his mind to catch up with Fury when Fury wants to make that, wants to sort of spoil and, and make him miss. So I, I don't know. Uh, it's hard for me to envision a situation where the best way for Fury to keep Wilder off of him is to go after Wilder. That's fair. That's fair. I wonder if there's going to be moments where he will to try to surprise Wilder, to try to, to you know, what if he's got a Sugar Ray Leonard Hagler phase of final 30 seconds of the round putting in flurries together? I mean, look, everything he's going to do is going to be dangerous in walking that tightrope. But again, my point earlier He's crazy enough to try that, and he's crazy enough to pull that off. I mean, this is what makes this fight so fun. We talk about Fury being a spoiler in the ring with his style. Rafe, I don't think enough people are talking about the, what does it look like next if he wins? Because this is the ultimate spoiler position. Everyone wants Joshua Wilder like it's Mayweather Pacquiao five years in advance on the horizon. Fury could really crash this party, and I know he'll probably, he would probably have to fight Wilder a second time. I think Wilder has a rematch clause and not Fury, but... Could you imagine the idea of Fury going into Wembley against unbeaten Joshua for the full, for all the damn belts? I mean, and then while they're still being around and maybe getting a chance on, it's just, it's such a fun time. This fight matters so much, so much at stake. Damn, man. Damn, Rafe. Damn. You talk about him being a spoiler in that regard, but that's sort of the beauty, the, the, the great situation that AJ, Anthony Joshua, and Eddie Hearn find themselves in because, yeah, Wilder Joshua or Joshua Wilder is the big fight that we've all been hyping up and looking forward to at heavyweight. But that's that's uh, more of an American point of view. I think around the world and especially in the UK where boxing we all know is on fire and has been and seems to will seems like it will be for quite a while. There, both of the neither fight is. I mean. Fury against Joshua may be an even bigger fight than Wilder against Joshua will be. So to, for, for Anthony Joshua and, and Eddie Hearn, they're, they're, they're like, yo, whoever wins and comes out of this, it's good for us. And yeah, it looks bad a little bit for them in the meantime, in the short term, in that Fury has sort of swooped in and stolen the thunder and made AJ look a little bit bad as the guy who is waiting for the, for, for the Wilder fight to happen. But in the long run, they, whoever comes out of that fight, it's not really a spoiler. It doesn't spoil anything. They still, it's still a huge fight in the UK. Mammoth. Yeah, absolutely. Mammoth. I, I, look, this is, this is really, this is really a crazy fight. It, it makes sense that Wilder's the betting favorite. He's the guy that, and that's, that's sort of my whole point. I'm like, if Fury's going to do this, there's got to be some crack in the armor that he's going to find on Wilder that we've never seen outside of just the idea that Wilder isn't a pure boxer, can't really win a lot of rounds unless he knocks you down. But, like, if all things are equal, and Wilder's the very best he can be, and Fury's the very best he can be, you're going to have to favor the guy who can end a fight at any point, 
over the guy who's going to have to basically pitch a perfect game to win this. And that's what it's going to have to be, Rafe. He's going to have to pitch a damn perfect game to win this. And it's going to be fun seeing him try it. And the whole idea of, like, he doesn't get the credit he deserves coming back from two years, two and a half years, making this type of turnaround in his life, probably because he's a natural villain in a lot of ways, although he's been doing some babyface turns, talking about mental health and stuff. But, I mean, look, this would be a fun historical footnote if he was able to turn it back like this. I know Ali came back from three years away from from uh, from the war to, you know, lose to Frazier, but eventually come back and win the title twice. I know Foreman came back after a decade and then needed seven, eight years, needed to lose the title fight to Holyfield. Then eventually it happened against Moore. I know Tyson came back from jail, won a couple titles before losing to Holyfield. But this is a unique circumstance in that regard to see a guy who washed himself so, so badly in terms of drugs and food and weight and mentally not wanting to live anymore. This would be one hell of a story if he came back and did it. And I know maybe it won't get the love because people don't seem to love him, but you got to give him that respect, Ray, for even getting back to this point and putting him in a spot where we could pick him. Yeah, well, look, Brian, I think if Tyson Fury pulls off a win, he will get all of the respect and praise he deserves. The reason he hasn't gotten it yet is that he lost 100 pounds, 150 pounds, and that's great. Congratulations. But other than that, he has fought Surf and Safari and Francisco Pinata <laughs> Pianetta. You don't get credit for that. Nobody gets credit. Uh, I mean, nobody is kissing Big Baby's ass for beating Bogdan Dinu. No one cares. If he, if he, if Fury wins this fight and deserves it, he's, the credit will come and so will the riches and, and so will the legacy. He will get everything he deserves. The reason is just he hasn't, this, this comeback, hasn't been much of a comeback yet because of the opponents and the, and credit to Fury. He's jumping right in now to the very deep end and saying, I am the real thing and I'm going to show you. And, and we're going to see if he's, if he, if he, if, if he's right, if he's just doing it for, for money, if he can pull it off. I mean, we're going to see it all play out and it is going to be one of those fights that I think feels really 50 50. And, but right after it starts, we're going to see, who was, you know, who was talking a good game but can't back it up in in the lead up to the fight? We're going to see pretty quickly, oh, damn, we know who's in control of this fight or who's who's actually going to win. And it's one of those fights where I could I can make a good argument on either side. And I feel like whichever side I come down on, there's still a really good chance I'm going to come out looking like a dumbass for picking the guy who got washed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's give Tyson Fury his moment. Shout out to the Irish crew one more time before we walk into hell here against Deontay Wilder. Okay, Gypsy Boys. Also the Irish crew. Hey, yo! Here we go. Rise in, chicken punches like Mike Tyson. Tyson! Here we go, yo. Punch up, like Michael from Bruno. Kick it to me, wrong. Give it to your blow like a Boom! Baby, I just don't get it. Uh, Tyson Fury's gonna have his moment. He's all the way back. John Fury kinda hedged on the prediction there. You seem like you already predicted, but give us the official. Who wins? How? What does it look like? Saturday night, Staples Center, Showtime pay-per-view. What do you got? I will give you the prediction. I'm going to let it out the cage. All right? It's been listening to me very well, Brian. And I also want to plant a little seed in your head. And it's a a sad seed. And it's the possibility. I'm, I'm doing my Teddy Atlas pregnant pauses here. Maybe he will find, he'll look inside himself and decide, no, no. This is who I am. No, the, the the seed I wanted to plant in your head, Brian, is what about robbery potential? What if oh, Fury wow. pitches that 
Wait, what if he does pitch robbery, the shutout? Do you mean it like this? It was an effective robbery. It's still a robbery. It's a robbery. I don't care if it's. Yeah. <laughs> Fury. What if Fury does pitch the near shutout? Maybe maybe go maybe goes down once, but wins what looks like nine or ten rounds out of twelve. We're in the United States. I will remind you that Deontay Wilder was up on all three cards against Luis Ortiz uh, when he really only seemed to win the one round. Oh, and that also, he knocked. didn't Cop tweet out at the point of the stoppage in the Gerald Washington fight where everyone on Twitter had it for nothing? Washington wasn't Wilder up on two cards as well. Yes. So what I'm what I'm at what I'm reminding us of, unfortunately, is there is some robbery potential. This is not a Frank Warren promotion. At least he's not the lead promoter. This is not Fury's. Fury is going against. The grain here, and I would not be surprised, especially the style that he fights. It's easy for judges to say, "Oh, you know, there's the the door is open for judges to not give him credit, even when he earns it." I hope that doesn't happen. I hope. Wow, that- so Fury not only has to walk the tightrope, not only has to do the impossible of make it twelve rounds, and find something wrong with Wilder to do it, but then he's got to beat him wide enough in reality so he can win a majority decision on the cards is what you're saying. I, don't you remember back in 2015 watching the the, the Klitschko Fury fight and and seeing Fury do it and still every I feel like every I did I remember it going around on Twitter that sense that oh man Fury could still get robbed yeah here. Like, like they're gonna rob him but holy crap i'll never forget how good he fought yeah yeah right. so that, that made it didn't happen then it might happen well one now. thing we'll find out if that happens is but al right, hayman but, the goat we'll see we'll know that we'll know that <laughs> we will know that al hayman is the goat yeah that, that will be the the final confirmation there will be no coming back after that all right my real my, my prediction all right no enough stalling enough enough caveats is all that um the hall of fame journalist Former Ring Magazine editor Nigel Collins on Twitter, I saw him put out earlier today, basically what I think about this fight. Fury beat Klitschko because Klitschko is so cautious and was afraid to punch. While that, that Wilder is never going to be afraid to punch. I don't see that happening. He is, he'll miss a lot probably. He might look bad in a few moments, but he's not going to stop coming after Fury with very big dangerous punches and all and eventually i think the smoke and mirrors runs out or like we've seen it before wilder gets out boxed a lot and then lands a shot and the fight changes it may not be over in that one shot but it's it 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 after that point usually he's going to clean he, he is every time so far he has closed it out i think that's going to happen again i think we will see some of fury's uh, boxing acumen and ability, he will make Wilder look bad at some at points in time, but I don't think it's going to deter Wilder. And as long as he remains undeterred, as long as that mental strength that he's done such a good job of convincing you is, is there holds up, doesn't crack, I think that he will crack Tyson Fury and end up stopping him late, maybe nine or ten rounds. Yeah, it's really hard. I've been so back and forth. I've been legitimately on both ends of the spectrum, back and forth, back and forth. It really comes down to which interview I listened to last, Rafe, but here's the ultimate thing. Um, the point that Nigel made is a really tough point to get over because, yes, he snake-charmed Klitschko. Klitschko was afraid to throw the right hand because he was getting hit on the chin, and you can also go back to that Brand, that uh, not Brandon Jennings. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, the heavy Brian Jennings at the Garden, second half. Uh, Klitschko just started hugging the whole fight because Jennings figured out how to throw looping right hands and get to his chin. Now, he wasn't landing big shots. Jennings not a big puncher. But Vlad will always, you know, be fearful 
until he fought AJ and he suddenly had balls and he put the balls right in the middle of the ring in, in AJ's home and showed us something. That old Vlad didn't show us things. But you know what? For heavyweights, Fury's A+. He can do things nobody else can. Do I think he'll hit the canvas? Yes. Do I think maybe twice? Yes. But I think as long as he avoids the fight ending shot, the shot, like the, the bomb, the straight bomb squad, I will kill you shots that, that. The Spilka shot. The Spilka shot. Like, in, oh man. If he can, he has to avoid that to go the distance, obviously. You can get hit partially on the side of the head and he'll probably go down. I think this is going to be a brilliant tight walk performance. I think in the end, here's what's going to happen. He's going to go the distance with giant balls to get there. Maybe even in the last fight of his career, he's going to have to show so many, so many balls. And I think it's going to be a, a flip the damn coin on the cards. I bet you your boy BC and a couple other people who, who in our strike zone of judging sometimes prefer the boxing over the bigger punches could have a scenario where I go, what a fun damn fight. Fury was down twice, but in the other rounds, he looked really good, which is similar to what? Like a Steve Cunningham, uh, Adamek fight or Steve Cunningham Mansoor mm-hmm. fight. I think that type of scenario where a guy has to get up a couple times, but he outboxed and outclassed in the other rounds and I'll have Fury winning a close decision and then we'll see what those judges have. It may be a Wilder survives by decision and maybe we do a rematch anyway. Or maybe Fury's life goes off the rails in between. But I think this will be Fury's last stand at putting every single ounce that he has in there and willing to get knocked out cold to get to that final bell. Tyson Fury, by unanimous, close-ass decision. Wow, Brian. Wow. Speak it, believe it, receive it, Brian. Speak it, believe it, receive it. 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 It's all about the lube. Wow. So you mentioned that that Tyson Fury, is he does things that other heavyweights can't do. He does things that other heavyweights won't do. Will he kiss Deontay Wilder right before the fight? Well, he he does weird stuff. So, um, like he like when he fought Surf and Safari, and of course you set me up for a great button, and I don't have it, Rave. I don't have it. Um, I do stuff that people don't do in boxing. When have you ever seen two men face to face before they fight, and the other man kiss him on the lips? No, I said unanimous decision. That can't happen under the scenario I said because the judges will ultimately. But look, I think I think Tyson pulls a close, tight majority, whatever you want to call it. That's my prediction. I'm just, I just want to see it. I just want it. One of those fights, Ray, that's on that short list of, I just have to see what it looks like. I want to see if he can complete this tightrope walk. I want to see if Wilder just blows right through him in three, four rounds. And then we're like, oh God, bring on Joshua. Like, but that's the thing. By having the lineal title in play, it makes it interesting because Wilder, if he, if he doesn't even end up getting Joshua, for all we know, he can claim he's the best in the world with a victory on Saturday. He can. And, you know, one thing I wanted to, to – you mentioned this earlier. I just wanted to reinforce it. Even if this fight turns out to be a, a little slow, if, if Fury is successful at doing a little bit of snake charming, some spoiling, and it goes into the late rounds and there hasn't been a ton of action, I don't – I'm not – I don't think that will be boring. I, I won't consider that boring just because of the tension – in the ring and and what and and the stakes the same way the Klitschko fight which is ugly I mean if you if you didn't know who the fighters were or or how good they were who they'd beaten how they got there you might watch it and be like what the heck is going on with these guys but the I seeing someone pull that off at that level at that level of risk and danger the way Fury did before and if he does it again that ain't boring that's 
it's it's slow, but it's it's fascinating. You're like, oh my god, how is this working? You know that it's it, you have to you have to be willing to appreciate it on that level because it, it might not be blood and guts, but that ain't boring. And All this right. ain't Birdo. This ain't Birdo. Well said. We got to fly the through raw dog. The do you care on the undercard and the rest oh, no. of the weekend's fights? Jared Hurd will defend his IBF and WBA 154 titles against Jason Wellborn in the co-main. Jason Wellborn, because I know you all have to look it up. He's a Brit. He's 24-6 and six with seven KOs. Oh, man, he's coming off a pair of wins over Tommy Langford. He's a patsy, Rafe. I mean, he's got losses to guys you've never heard of. One of them, Matthew Macklin, though. One of them, Liam Smith by KO. You don't know this guy, right? Heck no. This is, I do not care. I am, I'm beyond not care. I guess I care because I'm offended by this. I mean, he's I mean coming Jared off Hurt, shoulder coming surgery. off an, an injury. So he gets a little bit of leeway, but this is like, this is like the guy that they fed to Jaime Munguia on the Triple G Canelo 2 undercard. I mean, this is that level of garbage. Garbage. Get it out of here. Uh, Luis King Kong, Luis, Luis King Kong, King Kong, King Corn, King Corn Ortiz. Welcome to Walter Famed PBC Canicorn Travis Kaufman, the white heavyweight who's actually headlined a few like PBC on bounce cards. Um, I guess it's a chance to see King Kong. It could actually end up being competitive if, if Ortiz is a little washy because he's probably like 58, but I- I'm okay with this fight. You? Oh yeah, I, look, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Luis Ortiz versus heavyweight jobbers is always a good yes. show. He, he, as long as it's not someone who's gonna pull the Malik Scott, he will go in there and give you a nice knockout. And that's what's gonna happen, I think. Rising unbeaten heavyweight Joe Joyce of Britain faces Joe Hanks, the journeyman on the undercard, heavyweight versus heavyweight action. Who's Joe Hanks, you ask? 35 year old from New Jersey, 23 and 2 with 15 KOs, promoted by Travis Kaufman's dad, Marshall, in the Philly area. Uh, lost to Derek Rossi and fat Andy Ruiz Jr. Your thoughts? Well, I think it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to watching Joe Joyce. He's a very weird, heavy, weird style for a heavyweight. Very athletic, very big. They call him the juggernaut. Uh, and he throws a lot of punches, fights with a, like a high pace, a lot of motor, hasn't had to take that into deep rounds yet. And he's an older heavyweight. So they're going to have to start moving him fast as a contender after this. And that I think is the idea. It'll just be fun to see. Uh, he, he's just a weird guy. He gets hit. He throws punches that look like arm punches, but then land like sledgehammers, like guys just look like, look like they got they, 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 that look in their eyes. Like what the F was that? Um, so I don't know. I, I, jo- Joyce is one of these weird, hard to figure out fighters. And I just, I, I, I'm curious to see more of him. Uh, what should be, what was, and what could still be, it's up in the air now. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., Alfredo Angulo, a sloppy Super Bowl that was expected to headline the free preliminary card that Showtime is doing on its Showtime network and on its social media channels. And it's up in the air, they say. Boxing scene has a report that Chavez may not have, what, filed the paperwork to get physically tested? If we lose this fight, this was going to be a fun, perfect crowd for the, you know, the Mexican heavy LA crowd, perfect for us as lovers of slop. I'm going to be heartbroken if this doesn't happen. What the hell is wrong with Chavez? Just get in the damn ring. Yeah, I, they can almost, I, I don't care if they have to figure out something with the California Commission to just, 
let this go because we know who those these guys are. They're, they, we know what they're coming into the ring with. We don't. I, I don't. They're medical. You know. I don't. They don't need a physical. We know what they're gonna do. Let them do it. Just let 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 them do the damn thing. I, I don't know if Chavez just decided. You know what? Let me concentrate on getting down to 160 so he can fight Mayweather like he told TMZ. But just give us give us this. Give El Perro this. He's been try. He's been training very hard up in Big Bear and he wants to get out the cage. And that was, this was gonna be fun. This was the one thing. On a pretty ugly looking undercard, you could point to and say, "Oh, that's kind of fun, though." Well, this undercard does have interesting "Do You Care" type options. I'm going to run through them with you: Mark Bariga versus Carlos Licona, twelve rounds for the vacant IBF strawweight title. Do you care? Hell yes, you know who John Mark Bariga is. No. He is as they. Oh yeah, he, oh yes, you do. They call him the Filipino Mayweather, and he ah. is a flashy little dude. All right, Mark he is going to come in there. Flashing this some grabe ang 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 ano ang discarte niya ibang klase is so fast and he's he 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 does fight in a flashy Mayweather light type style and moves not like a not like a shoulder roll imitation but like he actually uses his feet. Um, he's nine a fun and little oh, fighter. No KO. power, no power at all. Lots Na- of panache. Nine and oh, one KO. He beat Joel Tadurán. Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, so yeah, I guess we care about that. Chris Ariola is back, Rafe. He's back. Why is he back? He's back, Rafe. Oh my God, he's back, and he will be facing Lorenzo Smith, ten rounds heavyweights, which always gives us this opportunity for Smith's corner. You should get beat by a man with titties. Come on, man. You got him. Uh, is this going to end badly, or the, or this will just be perfectly sloppy, and we'll we'll enjoy it. Probably sloppy with Ariola, man. He's he's having pro- trouble getting over the hump against jobbers sometimes these days. So it could be could be sloppy and not fun. But I'm hoping for sloppy and they fun. Should have got Curtis Harper in there for a rematch, but instead he walked out on that PBC card. Uh, Rick, the Ghost Guerrero, Gilroy's finest, is back from a brief retirement where he sat in that PBC on Fox booth. Uh, maybe he should get back into fighting after hearing his announcing against Adam Mate. Ten rounds welterweights. You hate when guys come back. He's probably doing it for the. I'm speculating. Okay, I'm speculating that he's probably doing it for the money. I don't know, but uh, you don't want to see him eventually served up again. Do I want to? Will I? Will I have fun watching him against this jobber? Probably, but yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, Brian. I, my question for you. I don't really care, but my about the fight. But my question for you is, where will your guy, boxing writer David Avila, have Robert oh, Guerrero God. on his pound for pound list let's after just this re- win? Let's just put it back out in the ethos so people remember <laughs> after Mayweather beat Guerrero in 2013 Avia who was doing the pound for pound for the sweet science at the time still had Guerrero at number five wow wow some people like what they see in the ghost um so apparently Deontay Wilder is a little brother Marcellos Wilder 2-0 yeah. two KOs six foot three the 29 year old he's on this undercard Four rounds cruiserweights against David Demore. I'm interested. You? I, yeah, I'm interested. I mean, and he's three and zero with his unsanctioned win over Dominic Boobs Brazil in the uh, hotel lobby in uh, Alabama wow. a few uh, last year. Uh, British light heavyweight unbeaten Anthony Yard still looking like he's going to face TBA. I'm down. Yard is the future in that division. And um, there's some fun domestic ones that we can do on his own with me on the call one day. I know you don't care. Do you care though about Quebec City? Also on the Showtime sort of preliminary undercard, the split site, Adonis Stevenson, Alexander Vodzik with Teddy Atlas in his corner for the WBC and the lineal light heavyweight championship. It'll be, uh, it'll be, like I mentioned, in Quebec. Adonis 
coming off that tough ass draw with Badu Jack. Is is this the the trap? Is this? I mean, has the age caught up with him? What is he? Forty one. Has it? Is it all time for somebody to take his damn soul? I don't know. Well, you know, he looks. He never looks very good anymore. He does not seem. His stamina is worse than ever. We don't know how much he trains. Hopefully he trained hard. Vozdik is a serious fighter. We know he's one of these Egis Klimas guys, Ukrainian, trains up there in Oxnard with Lomachenko, Usyk. He's from the same Olympic team. Uh, he's not as spectacular, but he is good, and he has looked really good a couple times in the past. He seemed to get a little more tentative. I forget who it was, but he got hurt in a fight. I think it was Tommy Carpency landed something on him, oh, and no. he hasn't been – as aggressive ever since. He's like, he looked like a world beater when he was sending Unieski Gonzalez to hell. And our guy, Najib Mohamedi looked like he was just destroying guys. And he had, he had foot movement. He had not a good jab, like, like just had a, seemed to have some pop look like the real deal. Now people have some doubts. Um, I think he will need to put on a really good boxing performance. And of course, don't get like the thing with Stevenson. He, you talk about an equalizer, a one shot, Pop, you're like, you know, he will change that fight on you. He still has that and he still has the hand speed to land a big shot if, if he has the opening. So that is the thing. But you know what? It's time. It's time. Vozdik is good. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel great about it, but I just want to speed this along. I'm going to say Vozdik wins this fight. I want to see what Teddy Atlas can do in his corner. I want to hear, of course. Oh, right. Oh, damn. Never mind. I have to take that pick back right away. Shoot. <laughs> take that L and take that back. We are firemen. Do you, son, do you believe in magic? Wow. Wow, Rafe. Wow. Uh, yeah. That is not permissible. That is not allowable. No um, I'm interested in this it. fight. Uh, I don't think Adonis has looked the same. That brawl with Thomas Williams Jr. a couple years ago. I mean, then then he blew out Wash von Farah. Then, I mean, he's fighting once a year for the past, you know, four years, basically. Had that run against Sukhutsuki. Carpency, like just fighting white jobbers that were available. Uh, yeah, I think it's time. I think it's time. I really do think it's time. Let's see if Vodzik, you're saying no next level power on this guy. I don't know if it's next level. I mean, it looked like really nasty, sharp punching power against guys like Unieski Gonzalez, who, I mean, he had that big war with Jean Pascal. He looked somewhat durable at times. Vozdik ran through him like it was butter, cut knife, cut, hot knife through butter. Right. But. Do you, you know, care, he hasn't, um, he hasn't had the same, that same verve in the last couple of fights. Tommy Carpency took his soul. I think it's time. I think it's time Adonis goes down. I think it's time right here. Uh, do you care about on the undercard, Chris Namus versus Marie Eve DiCare? No. no, no, no. Ten no, rounds no, no, no. for Namus's IBF <laughs> junior. I don't care. Well, I don't even know what you're saying to me. Female junior middleweight title. All right. Uh, Sebastian Bouchard versus Ali Foneca. Ten rounds welterweights. But uh, Ali Foneca, the guy who lost to Jeff Horn? Who is Jeff Horn? Nobody. Oh, wow. 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 Uh, Sebastian, yeah, okay. Hey, Michael Zuski, that's always been my guy. Good looking welterweight cut, only one loss from, always on these Canadian undercards. He's facing Aaron Herrera, the journeyman. Ten rounds, do you care? No, no, I don't care. I like that guy. I love him. Big Michael Zuski. Is he, is he like a Litz, is he like a kind of guy? He's kind of Litzkowie-ish. He dropped one decision to some guy I never heard of, but he never got his You want it, you know what, you know what devotion is, Brian? Do you, do you hear that? No. Good. I hope you don't. I am peeing in a cup right oh, now to keep this podcast going. That's so gross. Going. That's come yeah. on. Are you serious? We could have right. paused it. We could. I will never jack. I will never jack. That is Brian. so Ooh. disgusting. Oh yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. You sure? It's uh, wow. I'm okay. good. I'm good. Keep it going. Look, 
What do you, you got? You, you know, drink it. At least, at least drink it. It's... I, I can't. I can't go that far, man. I, I, you know, I can't do it unless Mimo treats it first. All right. Um, do you care about um, Friday night, Saturday? Oh, sorry, let's start at the top here. Let's run. We got to get out of this show. <laughs> you weren't ready for that. I was not ready. When's the last time you? When I do things other podcasters don't do. That's When's so... last time <laughs> you seen a podcaster kiss a podcaster on the mouth? Oh, Never. My God, this is so gross. That really, I heard. I heard the end of that. I heard it was like, ugh. All right, Wednesday from Thailand, Rafe. Knockout CP Freshmart versus Byron Rojas. 12 rounds for Freshmart to WBA strawweight title. Hell yes. I love this, the Freshmart, the Freshmart fam, family of fighters. They're fan, right. uh, yeah. I mean, it's the best, one of, one of my favorite names in the, in the sport. I can't talk no more. Yeah, you're gross. Let's get into what we do care about. Friday, ESPN Plus. Uh, yes. Brisbane, Australia. The down under sloppy Super Bowl. The fight for Australian respect. Jeff Horn versus the shapeshifter himself, 43-year-old Anthony Mundine, who can fight any day against any weight class, against any opponent in Australia. Middleweights, 12 rounds, Rafe. How fired up are you for this? No, I'm not fired. Oh, I don't come care on. about Anthony Mundine, man. I don't this is a this is this is a waste. Look, no, I'm this is a Super Bowl this. down there. They care. Okay, make make the money. I agree. Make the money. But you know what? I don't think Jeff Horn needs to be cashing out yet. I actually believe in Jeff Horn a little bit. I think I don't think he's good, but I would like to see him. Look, everybody needs opponents at welterweight at welterweight somehow because even though even though it's the deepest division in the goddamn sport, they're all looking for opponents because they won't fight each other. Well, Jeff Horn is actually not bad. He's got a little bit of name value because of the Pacquiao and Crawford fights. He hasn't he and he comes to fight. He do, he the guy has balls. Bob is right, and I love Glenn Rushton. I like Dean Lonergan. I like them coming over, calling American fighters princesses and then getting sent to hell i want to see more of that and i don't want them wasting their time wow. with the shapeshifter out there you. in brisbane or wherever the heck this fight is happening first you piss in a cup live on the air then you piss all over the reptilian himself anthony mundine nicknamed the man the 43 year old we're going to do this at middleweight horn fights at welter or 140 in the past so that part of it'll be interesting since i mean freaking uh I don't know how this guy does it. This guy, Mundine's fought at every weight class. 48 and 8, 28 KOs. I don't know if you saw that story I sent you from Australian uh, website. He, Mundine did a media day from like the front yard of his house. And so there's like reporters, like local reporters, cameras, re- guys with uh, tape recorders. And Mundine's standing in a trash barrel filled with ice cold water up to like his chest doing an interview that that kind of sums up the trash level of this fight but um horn's really upset because according to the contract i guess Medine is Mundine the a-side here because he's the bigger name anyway according to the contract uh it claimed Mundine's management made horde sign that he had to make a certain amount of appearances all over the country to promote the fight by himself and that pissed horn off he doesn't like to quote i never traveled this close to a fight so i'm not really that happy being here this close that's about as mad as you can get jeff horn right who's always so nice it's the weekend before the fight all i want to do is chill and not much and i got to come to sydney in the morning because of anthony mundine i don't travel too close to a fight i guess that's the juiciest headline we're getting out of this we there's no dean lonegren there's nothing you know there's nothing sort of like fired up and crazy here he should just harden up like seriously bang it full of quarters and get on with it it's just going to be what it is uh, a fight for to see who's the the Australian man of the moment. Um, they had washed Giel on an interview, and they asked him who he thought would win. 
And if he picked Horn, and then they asked Wash Giel, who's your favorite fighters of all time? I love watching, uh, yeah, love watching De La Hoya. Oh, well. uh, De La Hoya was a freak, yeah. Yeah, well, he was. I mean, that guy's right. That interviewer counterpunching was right. He, he definitely talking about fishnets there, right? I think so, yeah. I got two words for you, Washed Giel. Wow. Fish scale. We Hit asked me up on the low. Hit Freddy, me up on the low. Teddy, his thoughts on this fight. Do you believe in flying kangaroos? No, 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 no. Um, look, Horn is going to win this, but it's going to be sloppy and fun. I don't know what time of the day that is Friday. If it's our time, your time, it's, it's no, it's my, it's your bowl. Find that on ESPN Plus. I'm hey Hornet, thanks for Jeff Hornet and and the Corner Man. Thank you for getting this fight on ESPN Plus. All right, thank you. Do you have a prediction? You're turning me into the Horner Man. Do you? Have, <laughs> do you have a prediction, Rafe? Or are you still going to? You're going to take. I, I'm going with Horn. I think Horn next. will win. He has no. If he loses, then I'm wrong about. Believing in him at all. Like, he cannot lose to a 50-year-old shapeshifter, like, who looks like Robert Blake. It, it, that cannot happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mundine has lost Rafe, uh, three of his last five. That was a decision to Claudi. Got knocked out by Charles Hatley. And then the majority decision lost to cruiserweight Danny Green. Last year he fought at cruiserweight, Rafe. That's quite a quite a quite a drop, but good for him. He dropped the decision to Wash Giel. He beat Old Mosley that time with a bad back. All right, let's get it. He beat Rigo Berto Alvarez. Yeah, he beat Rigo Berto Alvarez. Um, all right, Rafe. Hollywood, Florida, Friday. Telemundo. Ricardo Espinosa versus Yeltsin Vargas. Do you care? Ten rounds banned. No. But how about in that co-main? Derek Cuevas versus Bradis Prescott. Ten rounds welterweight. Nah, man. Come on. What are, you, what are you crazy? All right. Hey, get in the zone on Friday from Florence, Italy. Fabio Turchi versus Tony Conquest. Twelve rounds cruiserweights. First fight of Eddie Hearn's new Italian deal. Is uh, our guy Francesco Ken Patera going to be on that card? <laughs> I hope maybe so. But hey, it's a it's a there's a guy named Tony Conquest, and it's a it's a cruiserweight bout. <laughs> Good name, Tony 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 Conquest is. I'm, I'm in on that. All right, Friday from Huntington, New York. That's Strong Island. Chris Algieri gonna be let out of the cage after like three years against Angel Hernandez, ten round Walter Waits. I know that you care, but the question is, who is he gonna get served up to to get sent to hell as the B side on like some cable station coming up? Like where what's the end game for Chris Algieri coming back here? He's a free agent, right? He can he yes. can go anywhere he wants. Um and I believe I don't know if this is true, is this fight at one forty or one forty seven? It's at one forty seven. Okay. He was talking for a while about trying to go back down to 140 where he felt like he he had more power and was a more complete fighter. I don't know if this is uh, on the way there or he's just deciding, you know what, there's more money at 147. Let me stay as a Walter weight. I could see him – I you ain't going to like this. I don't even know if I like this. But I could see him being the second comeback fight for Keith Thurman. Uh, no. It's you're probably going to see him against Bud on ESPN Plus. You're probably right about this, but no. either way, nothing to really get too jacked up about. Although at How least about, then, at least then, Errol Spence will shut his mouth about name one fighter better than Chris Algieri that Terrence Crawford beat. What about like Jesse Vargas and DAZN? Oh, I don't know. Jesse Vargas. I he's I don't I don't know, man. Jesse Vargas doesn't do it for me. I, I hate to tell you. Oh, God. But I still got him in a cage. He listens to me very well. I'm gonna let him loose. All right, Friday, Glasgow, Scotland, Yukashir Farouk versus Lane Butcher. 12 rounds for Farouk's British bantamweight title. I just wanted to say the name Farouk. It's very WWE. I wanted, I, I thought, I sounded like you said the name Lame Butcher, which would be, right. I think it's Lane, but Lame Butcher would be even better. All right. What the heck was that noise? 
Well, it wasn't me. I, I, I'm not. I'm not doing anything in a cup. So Rich don't don't blame it cup. on me. Something just crashed in my closet. Uh, okay, San Antonio Saturday night Facebook fight night live. Kendro Castaneda versus Castaneda. Kendo Castaneda versus Gilbert Venegas Jr. Ten rounds, Jr. Welterweights. This is this isn't even a Golden Boy card. No, I don't know who's putting that on Facebook. What the heck is going on? Look, I no, no, okay. no, 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 no. Saturday in Saltillo, Mexico, Luis Neri versus Carlos Jorge Luis Sardines, bantamweights. I'm in on Luis Neri, man. I want to see how he does in the clean portion of his career. You know, after having sent Shinsuke Yamanaka to hell a couple times, uh, you know, if he if he's if he could be a really good fighter. Uh, so I, I do want to watch him. Damn, this this episode's gone long. Uh, ever since you pissed in that cup, it just went downhill from here. We got to close with this Saturday, Washington, D.C. Dusty Hernandez Harrison, he's back. Ten rounds, welterweights against James Winchester. Do you remember a time when Dusty Harrison was a thing? I Yeah, I do remember. I think it was because... Our guy, the I don't know how much he's in the boxing world anymore, but Tim Starks, the original Queensberry Rules man, yes. was was from that area. You know, is a DM, DMV DC guy and was pumping up this DC co- uh, prospect. And when he when when Tim when Starks talks, you listen, right? Uh, except in this case, Dusty Harrison, no, no, well, Dusty lost, ha- not that good. So Dusty's thirty zero and one draw with sixteen KOs. Remember, he was a big signing for Jay Z at that time. Hasn't fought in two years since he took a decision from Thomas Cornflake Lamana. Had a split draw against Wash Mike Dallas Jr. We never saw him get sent to hell, but we also really never saw him fight anybody. So, um, interesting. We'll see what happens here, Rafe. On that undercard, do you care about the vanilla gorilla Sam Crossed boxing Twitter's own against Twan Smith, six rounds cruiserweights? You do love it when we cruise it together. Absolutely not. No, no. Just get get out of this division, guys. All right. Um, at Hawkinson, Delaware. Wow, we're really going deep down the food chain. This is like eating hot dogs. At what a are you doing? Station. What are you doing? Saturday to me? night, Anthony Caputo Smith. You may remember him from wasn't it? Wasn't he on the uh, Bradley Marquez undercard against like uh, Shawnee Monahan or something? Versus Prince Body Ajamu. Ten rounds, cruiserweights. And if you're asking yourself, how do I know that name? Prince Badi Ajamu was the guy Roy Jones fought in Idaho in that original comeback fight in, like, 2006 from when he got sent to hell by Glenn Johnson. Do you remember that fight? I don't, man. I'm trying to – I mostly – I'm trying to think of the uh, – I, I remember the guy he fought in in Latvia after the techno band played. I don't remember <laughs> this Prince guy. <laughs> I fought him in Idaho. Yeah, but Caputo Smith, you remember that dirtbag from that? He was in like a pay-per-view co-main. You remember that? No. I don't know. He sounds like a TV lawyer. All right. Derek Webster, the super middleweights in the co-main against Joshua Okan. You don't care. Wow. We went, we talked way too long on the show, but Fury Wilder matters. Rafe just pissed himself. Um, Follow him at Rafe Books. Do they, people, can they respect box anymore? Or is that over with? We don't want that. Oh yeah, yeah. There will be one this week. I'm definitely gonna get one out All for right. this. This is a big fight. I got thoughts. I got things to say. Got to get some stuff off my chest. My chest. Follow us on social media this week, as I will be in LA, hanging with the bugs at times. All right. Maybe we'll see some sights. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right. Hashtag... Wearing wearing Ryan Garcia shirts. Yes. Wearing Usyk hoodies. Wearing all the gear. Yes. All the loads. Uh, hashtag all the loads. Right. And then. I take advantage, and then when I shoot my shot, it, I shoot, you know, for the KO. He's not talking about boxing right there. Not at mm. all. All right, Rafe, thank you for your time and service. Enjoy Wilder Fury Showtime pay-per-view Saturday night. Rafe, do you have a message for the listeners? Left, right, good night, we out. <laughs>